Cheers, y'all. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine little radio program, podcast, and informational. Is that a word? Informational? I, I think you may have made that up. I think I just Shakespeare did. made up words, so I it's okay. I sort of like it, though. Informational. <laughs> Welcome, folks, to Smoking and Toasting. It's the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. Hi, Mom. And uh, uh, Dave Omer is our guest today. He's the general manager and brewer at Urban South Brewing HTX, and we'll be talking a lot about uh, Urban South, ta- tasting some of his brews. Dave, welcome to the show. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Dave, we call it world famous because, uh, 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 you know, several months back, uh, I became aware that my mom knew that the show existed. My mom doesn't drink, doesn't smoke, doesn't approve of those that do. So if she became aware of the show, I felt like we were okay to use the the tag "world famous." She's here in the United States. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, uh, she okay. lives just uh, you know three four but hours. But just away being from aware this. of it. But yeah. the fact that she's aware of it, yeah, because I never told her. I you know I didn't want the repercussions of I didn't want the conversation that would follow. You know, uh, so uh, I mean I love my mom. Don't get me wrong, but you know. These, there's some conversations that are just better if they're avoided. You yeah. understand? Uh, so anyway, welcome to the world famous Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 197, and we are pretty thrilled to be. Um, we're a little more than halfway to 200 yeah, now. Yeah, we're, get, we're getting close. Uh, Smoking and Toasting is brought to you by a brand new sponsor this week. We're very excited to welcome MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, you can find them on the web just like it sounds. The coolest shirts for cigar fans, all starting under $20. Grab them for yourself or anyone you know that loves cigars at MyCigarShirts.com. Because cigars. Because cigars. Yeah. And I think you'll like the shirts. They're they're really awesome. They've got uh, a number of different designs, and, and they look good, and they're not expensive. So it's an awesome thing. Uh, so welcome to show number 197. Urban South is in the house. Um, Pretty excited about that. Dave is the general manager and brewer. I got that right, didn't I? Yes, sir. Uh, general manager and brewer at Urban South Brewing HTX. And the HTX is important because there is, um, there, well, there are, I should say, two different Urban South breweries. The original one in New Orleans. Yes. And when did when did New Orleans uh, start? When did they open? They just celebrated four years. Okay. Yep. Okay. And then Houston followed that HCX. So just this year, right before the this year. pandemic. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Grand so, opening was Leap Day, February 29th. Well, okay. So you so now I don't feel so bad for not having known. Yeah. Because when uh, that's just, gonna mess up your anniversaries, yeah, isn't it? A little sure. bit. We'll just stay young. <laughs> just before all of the COVID stuff hit. My wife and I took what was our last, the last trip that we took. We went to New Orleans for the weekend and uh, just, you know, drove out there. And, and, you know, they were starting to talk about COVID, but they hadn't started locking anything down. And we thought, well, it'll be okay. We'll be really careful. So we went and we wound up on the balcony of uh, this restaurant down off of, uh, uh, down off of the, uh, down in the French Quarter and uh, ordered some, you know, some great, New Orleans food, and I was looking at the beer list, and they had a, a hazy IPA called Holy Roller. I was like, okay, I'll try it. That was the first <laughs> time I remember having an Urban South beer, and I loved it so much, and you'll remember this, Ian, that I actually stopped at a little store yeah. on the way out when I, we were headed home and brought some in for the show the next week, yeah. and that was that was the first Urban South that we that we tried. But in doing my research for the show that week, 
I went on to the uh, to the website for Urban South and discovered oh they have a Houston location. How have I missed this? But now I think you guys must have just, just opened. started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we were working at we were doing construction at that time probably. So we will uh, talk a little bit about what it was like uh, opening during this kind of a, a of a crazy you know time. And I wonder, and we'll we'll get into this a little bit in some of the next segments. But I wonder if in some ways opening kind of as this was starting or after it started doesn't even really give you a little bit of an advantage because you don't have to see the drop-off from maybe what you were expecting to have as an operating budget before. You're kind of of starting fresh at this time. It's going to take a little longer to recoup. Right, exactly. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah, so, so we'll talk about... All of that, I'm very excited about tasting some of your beers. Ian, you mentioned you'd tasted, what is it, a, a, a lager? The, the lager is called, um, remind me one more time. Paradise Park. Paradise Park, that's yeah. right. I know, I've had the Paradise Park. Yeah, that's one of their core beers there in New Orleans. And yep. now that I'm now I'm thinking about it, I think when uh, when we did uh, when me and my wife did the um, uh, Valentine's Day trip, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure my buddy Rand that we stayed with out there, uh, he's a he's a former drummer for one of my bands. Uh, I'm pretty sure that he had some of that, and that's yeah. that's where I tasted okay. it because okay. he was. I remember him so saying this is a local. And both, it's a staple there in New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you find it everywhere, and so it was good. Both you and I hit New Orleans like just in time, yeah. and, got, and got back safe. That's got out, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> exactly. It, right? So well, uh, it's uh, it's really. Exciting to have you uh, on the show today, Dave. We're uh, excited to taste uh, more of your beers and and get a get a feel for what the rest of your line is like. And that's uh, and of course we're thrilled that you're here in our hometown because that's a uh, that's a pretty cool thing. So um, a lot of stuff going on in the world. Oh, I should mention we also will be tasting a rum today. This is the Frigate Reserve 15 Year. So that's uh, that's a little bit of rum. We did uh, we did of course uh, whiskey last week. Mm-hmm. And then next week, our guest is going to be Liliana Rodriguez. She is now becoming one of the satellite members of the show. We have a whiskey expert, Chris Hart, who does mm-hmm. his own you know whiskey show and does all of that. Uh, we have uh, you know uh, experts in other lines like our legal expert Trey Boring, who will be mm-hmm. on the show in a few weeks again. I can't wait to see him again. He's on uh, he's on watching today. Yep. That's it. And and we have of course our. Um, uh, cigar uh, retail expert, Mr. Alan Denning, Absolutely. who joins us from time to time. And now Liliana is stepping into the role. I haven't really framed it like this for her yet, but hopefully she'll have a good time and have no problem <laughs> with it. She's stepping into the role of our tequila, ex- uh, uh, tequila expert. Apparently, Liliana knows more about tequila than anyone that I've met. And, and I'll be meeting her actually in person for the first time. But we've corresponded a little on email, and, and I can already tell she knows way more about it than I do. So I'm excited to get a, a real expert about tequila on the show next week. And, <laughs> the kind and of so, person, when she yeah. says hello, she yeah. already stated more about tequila that, than That's than exactly right. I, I'm like agave, and she's, like, giving us the history, I think. So, <laughs> uh, so it'll, it'll, be, it'll be a lot of fun, and we'll be tasting a number of different tequilas next week. But it's rum this week. I can come back, right? Uh, you are, you all are right. always <laughs> welcome. That's the thing. You know, uh, one of the things, Dave, that we had planned to do for show number 200 is kind of a, an even bigger version of what we did for the 100th show. Which 100 was, was ridiculous. Yeah, we invited everyone who'd ever been a guest on the show to join us and we did it in a place where we could accommodate a lot of people and of course not everyone made it but there were enough <laughs> many people and did. everybody brought beers and bottles and cigars and it was just it was kind of like having our own little virtual smoke and drink fest 
Uh, and the show went on for four hours. Wow. <laughs> so Sounds like a good time. It just wouldn't stop. Yeah, just, uh, we, we tried to rein it in, but it, t- it took on uh, a life of its own. So we were going to do that again for 200, but, uh, of course, in, in these conditions, we're able to distance a bit in the studio, but uh, but there's no way we could pull yeah, off an event Yeah, three people's like about so, as much as we can yeah, distance yeah. in here. So, yeah. So, uh, so the good news is we'll have it when we can have it. It'll just be our sort of delayed bicentennial celebration. So uh, drinking news coming up on the show today. Information on, you know, Ian, for many, many years, the Robusto has been the most popular, best-selling cigar Uh size. That is now no longer the case. Can I guess? Uh, Sure, guess. Is it Corona? Nope. It's a Toro. A Toro. Yeah, so we'll we'll pass along some of that information. Uh, Plus, we'll tell you about... um, the uh, I, we've talked about this a little bit in the past couple of weeks, but I'll give you some of the stats. The Texas Craft Brewers Guild says they think two out of three of their members could close down by January first, twenty twenty, from dealing with this, and that's that's not a happy stat. So we'll talk a little bit about the state of the craft beer industry and how you guys at Urban South are, are you know doing what you can to you know to survive and and hopefully thrive in in our current environment. Plus, um, you know, there's. <laughs> I talked about this last week, but I, I didn't give you the story, and I, I really owe you the story. It's a sad bit of news about the truck that spilled 12,000 bottles of Templeton rye onto the highway in Missouri. Yeah, yeah not good. Uh, Dave, as you can tell, we use nothing but the highest quality sound effects here on the show. So, uh, and in fact, we'll ask you to, to help us with this because we have a revolutionary way that we uh, play the sound effect of uh, a can of beer or a bottle of beer being opened. And that is that we hold it really close to the microphone and like and do open it. it. Yeah. Wow. So we wow. spare tech. we spare every expense. <laughs> we, we don't use our phones for that or yeah. anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, uh, all right. And depending on how much time we have, we might even talk about the world's most underrated whiskeys, according to the experts. But we're really excited about uh, about tasting uh, Urban South beers. And of course, Ian, I I always at this about this point in the show like to ask you: Have you uh, smoked anything interesting lately? I did. I did. This morning I went into uh, Casa de Monte Cristo and I was perusing their um, their uh, <clears throat> clearance rack. You know, they, they put, um, stuff, yeah, on, yeah. Stuff, they put that, stuff on the clearance rack a lot of times that you'd be really surprised to see there because... You know, maybe it's a size that didn't sell as yeah, well that's, or something. Yeah, that's or? a large part of it. He says, you know, we've had this size for a long time and nobody buys a size, so we just stock up the other sizes and sell these off. So I ended up picking up a box Yeah, on the clearance rack. Oh, Oh, of the Hex from uh, Syndicato Cigars. I've had the Hex before, but I don't think I've ever reviewed it on the show. So I thought, you know what? I have a whole box of these. Why don't I take one out and review it? It's a wonderful idea. Which I did. So this is a 5x52 Robusto um, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper, Nicaraguan binder, and filler. The appearance on this leathery, veiny wrapper, uh, classy parchment label, pigtail cap, um, firm, well-constructed feel. Overall, pretty nice uh, looking cigar. Pre light sniff was earth, chocolate, coffee, a little spice, a little nutty. Uh, so, a lot of things that I really like in there. The um, And a little leather in there. I think I forgot to write that down, but the leather uh, was coming through a little bit too. The uh, pre light draw on this, I used a clip, uh, medium draw on this, leather, oh, there it is, spice on the lips, um, pepper, coffee, mocha, nutty, and a little sweetness in there as well. Um, the initial light. Blast of pepper, 
all that Nicaraguan filler, you you have to expect that. A You're bit, speaking you know? my language. Yeah. This is sounding like one of my kind of cigars. Blast right of here. pepper on the uh, initial light uh, and well roasted coffee. You know, nice. um, uh, hints of uh, burnt toast on the aftertaste in a good way. You know, mm-hmm. not like you burnt not it like, completely. Yeah, not like you set off the uh, like fire alarm, but not uh, like you're breaking your teeth with yeah. it or just, just a little char. Yeah, just yeah. Uh, the first third of this uh, sweet mocha, nutty flavor, followed by coffee and toast, finished with spice and pepper, solid ash, uneven burn. Hmm. I uh, there's a picture of it there. You can see that burn's kind of uneven on the side. It started to canoe just a little bit. Um, I tended it. No big deal. It took me a second to tend it. Um, the second third of this big silky smoke. You know, this is the kind of smoke that I like to you know try and blow smoke rings. I'm not amazing at it but i get a few here and there and that's that's always fun so were you able to do it this time yes yes but i didn't get get a picture of it you didn't get a picture no because every time i try to take a picture you see me making this face (laughs) and then and then there's just smoke in front of my face but you never really see the smoke i think i need someone else to take the picture is what it is got it so i end up just taking a bunch of pictures of myself (laughs) making the O face oh anyway um (laughs) so so uh, the um, I like to just point out for the record that Ian just referenced his O face in the show. So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, uh, nutty, sweet, delicious mocha and coffee notes, followed by spice and pepper, solid ash. The second third of this slightly uneven burn seemed to be evening out a little bit, actually. Oh, nice. So I, was I, I like happy when they correct that. themselves, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, or maybe with just a little help, correct. The themselves. last third of this, I'm going to repeat what I said for the second third of this. Big, silky smoke, nutty, sweet, delicious mocha, and coffee notes followed by spice and pepper. It didn't develop into anything else, but that was okay by me because it was delicious. You were loving where it was. Absolutely. Um, I did tend it once more, just a little quick tending and uh, no big deal. Um, This is a $7 cigar, price to quality. Uh, Without the tending, I'm going to discount that. I bought a box. Hopefully I won't have to do that with every one of them. Without tending it at all. Uh, I give it a 6.5. Oh, wow. That's a big rating. A big rating. And yeah. and then on top of that, I bought this box on clearance. I got about $2.50. Oh, yeah. So, so that makes it even better. Yeah. So I'm super happy about this. So the way that our, um, our price to quality works when we talk about cigars is it's a scale of 1 to 10, but a 5 is more or less a spot-on rating. It means you got exactly what you paid for with the cigar. So if, it, if the rating is under a 5... It means it doesn't mean the cigar wasn't good, but it might mean might mean that it was maybe a little overpriced for what you got. If you get a six point five, I mean that's that's, that's really punching a, above its weight class. Really, there. yeah, that's yeah, a, a really really good rating. So that's awesome. And thank you, by the way, you slipped me one of these before the show started, mm-hmm. and I'm very excited now after your after your review. I'm pretty excited Same to try. It. Yeah, <clears throat> that's awesome. So um, I smoked an interesting one this week. It was. Um, one I'd, I'd seen in, in shops a number of times and just never picked it up. It was the La Aurora 1985 Maduro, and uh, I chose the Toro. There were several uh, different sizes of Robusto, and I think one uh, that might have been a Torpedo, but I, I chose the Toro. And um, I, I've had a lot of La Auroras in the past, but haven't had any in a while. The My memories of them are... The sort of less expensive La Auroras that are Dominican, they're a little on the mild to medium side, mm-hmm. but very, 
very good. I, I you know, I've, I've had even a box of the little ones of those before and, mm-hmm. and enjoyed them very much for that style of a cigar. And then there's those really super fancy ones that come in the tubes right. that are uh, pretty expensive but uh, but are a really, really nice smoke. They had but, that super nice Perfecto. Oh, yes, yes. It even yeah. comes in the Perfecto-shaped tube. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, re- it's really <laughs> – I mean, it's it's one that – it's great to give as a gift if you want to, like, look impressive yeah, with, yeah. The, with what you're giving uh, to a buddy or something. But this one had, uh, as you can see from the photo, uh, more of a – just a kind of a regular cigar uh, look to it. It, it – uh, it looked a little bit dark. It was nice looking, a little bit veiny. The wrapper's a Brazilian Maduro wrapper, and it's Nicaraguan binder and Nicaraguan filler, but all rolled in the Dominican Republic, which is where the La Aurora uh, factory is. Um, pre-light aromas were heavy with earth, uh, some oakiness, and a little bit of leather. Uh, once I lit it up, I got that expected early blast of Nicaraguan pepper that we talk about a lot. Um, but it settled down a bit, and... Uh, even though after it settled down, it this let me know this was a bit fuller-bodied La Aurora uh, from from the very beginning than you know some of the Dominican ones that I remember, which are good but right. but not quite as full. Uh, as I got into the first half inch or so, uh, it developed a really nice, slightly bitter, dark chocolate aroma. That was that would wind up being the predominant uh, sort of flavor nice. throughout. Is that really nice, wonderfully bitter dark chocolate? Uh, there was also a bit of oakiness still in there, and um, it it had this little bit. I don't quite know how to describe it, except it was almost a kind of a sweet flavor on the finish, um, and that sweet flavor got a little creamier by the time I reached the halfway point of the cigar. So it was really nice kind of balance for the sort of heavier uh, pepper and uh, and dark chocolate uh, mm-hmm. flavors. Really. Really made it smoke very nice. Uh, leather notes also became a little more prominent. Cigar stayed at about a medium, medium full level uh, throughout. I'm surprised. Look at the wrapper on that thing. That thing is dark. Oh, it really is. And uh, but from uh, from where it came through as uh, in terms of of the flavors and and the the strength, it was pretty much like dead on for me. What what I really like in terms of of uh, my kind of smoke. Uh, the burn fluctuated slightly as it moved along the veins of the, of the cigar. You could see, you know, the points where the veins were would, you know, poke out a little bit from the burn line. Right, but, right. Uh, but overall, it stayed straight. It never needed tending. I found myself thinking that this is how a cigar is supposed to smoke. You know, not every cigar has that totally smooth wrapper on it. Some right. of them have these kind of veins, and sometimes that really does cause problems in the construction. It did not. Uh, with this cigar. It smoked great. The construction was terrific. By the last third, dark chocolate and oak kind of won out as the dominant uh, flavors, uh, but there was still nice complexity all the way through. I really enjoyed this cigar. And to be honest, it makes I, me want like a nice space side with it or something oh, yeah, that has abso- a little more of the yes. fruity profile uh-huh. to go with it. Yeah. Absolutely. It, w- it would work very, very well with this. Um, at a price point of about $6. This is a pretty easy cigar to recommend, and I will give it a 5.5. Nice. Uh, it's not, you know, it wasn't the best cigar that I've had in a long time or anything like that. But, again, 6 bucks, you, you, it's tough to beat that for 6 bucks. So, so thumbs up, and I enjoyed it, and it was uh, wonderful. So, um, a lot of beer to talk about on this show, and, uh, of course, we have some drinking news coming along. And this today's drinking news, you're almost going to have to see the accompanying picture in order to get the full enjoyment. Speaking of picture, I woke up this morning and um, and I had a communication from a Mr. Bruce Stark. 
Ah, Bruce. <laughs> I love Bruce. He's, he's, yes, awesome. he always, he always uh, uh, logs on with the well, well when we're on here. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to, you know, it, it, it brings an idea up. If you're on here watching, record mm-hmm. yourself doing the well, well and just send it to us. Oh, that'd be fun. Like, how much fun would that be? Yeah. We'll use some well, well. Just record it on your phone and, and you know, yeah. and text it to us or. Or put it in the comments. We'll yeah. take it off of there, and, and that'll be great. But I, I, I opened the <coughs> communication, and I saw this picture on there. This okay, is what so, he sent me. So it'll take me, you know, because there's always a little lag on the uh, Yeah, there's there's about the, a 30-second lag from what we see and what we're feed, talking I'll, here. But, I'll watch the phone and but see. But Bruce is always so much fun, and he's he sent this great <laughs> picture of himself. Uh, here it comes. Here it comes. And oh, there look it at is. that. Look at that. There's Bruce <laughs> with the smoking and Toasted logo behind him. Now, that... That makes me think we should totally use that for like a Zoom background the next time. We right, that's pretty awesome. He's got the cigar in his mouth and he's Zoom got his chats. Uh, opener right there. So I was super happy to see that. Hey, Bruce, <laughs> that's great, Bruce. Uh, thanks, <laughs> thanks for that. We appreciate it. Well, if you are uh, listening to the audio version of this, you might want to at some point go and check out the YouTube uh, video version just for the photo that will be in Drinking News today because it'll help you appreciate Drinking News. To its fullest. And, so, and yes. Yeah. yeah in absolutely. a much deeper way. So we'll be getting to that, and we'll be getting to the thing I'm so excited about, which is tasting more uh, Urban South. I say more because we haven't tasted any yet. We'll taste hopefully a lot of Urban South. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Dave, thanks so much for being on the show today. We will be right back with our next segment, uh, show number 197 of the world famous Smoking and Toasting. We'll be right back. I'm on. Oh, he said it's a Zoom back. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It's the program that's all about craft beer, uh, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Thank you for joining us for show number 196. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Great cigars. Uh, great cigars. Great cigars. Great cigars. That should be the slogan. Uh, great shirts for cigar aficionados and uh, and great gifts for anybody you know that likes uh, premium cigars. And they are uh, they are relatively inexpensive, starting at under 20 bucks. Check them out at MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Um, so, Ian, um, you... <laughs> Uh, you mentioned uh, in the it was mentioned in the break. Adam told us actually that in that uh, that photo of uh, Bruce Stark that he was uh, he was holding the the bottle opener upside down, uh, but it all <laughs> but it also uh, mentioned that he was wearing a Sam Adams shirt, and of course we uh, um, you know we appreciate everything that Sam Adams has done in terms of being an innovator in the craft beer world, and here's an interesting and really cool thing that they just did. Uh, I'll try to explain this quickly. Um, in their home territory of Massachusetts, the law regarding how beers are distributed, uh, it permanently binds a brewery to whatever s- distributor it initially had done business with. So whoever, wherever they started, they never have the option to change distributors. And if you're a smaller brewery and you sign up with one of the distributors, you're kind of at their whim of what they're pushing and, and uh, marketing and trying to get shelf space for the most. Um, in Boston, he says, uh, Jim Cook from 
Sam Adams said he can only sell his beer to the single distributors, and retailers can't get it from anybody except that distributor. He said it might might have made sense 50 or 80 years ago when wholesalers were quite small and the brewers were all powerful. But now it's the distributors yeah. that actually have the power. And it's like that in a lot of other places, too. Oh, yeah. But specifically in their home territory, that's that's how it was well, set not up. Well, to, not to mention the that if you get a distributor who has some of the bigger uh, macro brews, the macro brews can lean on them and say, no, Absolutely. we really want you to sell our product. Right. Especially oh, yeah. if they've gone and yeah. bought a craft brewery and they're trying to Not that anyone would be si- as underhanded to <clears throat> AB InBev do that, but... <laughs> yes, you know. exactly. Well, uh, in a beer ad- advocate forum about this law, somebody wrote, imagine you're a growing local brand, and they mentioned Night Shift and Newburyport and Notch, which are all uh, breweries in that area that are small and growing and you're suddenly ra- railroaded by not your father's root beer and beers of its ilk flooding the market, and you end up relegated to the back end of your distributor's priority list. Maybe you get their attention again when the current fad dies down, but maybe not. But, hey, you signed a contract six months ago, and you're stuck for life as an also-ran in your distributor's portfolio. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because Sam Adams did something really cool. They were lobbying for... A, an exception to this rule in Massachusetts. And in order to get it passed, they agreed to exempt themselves from it. In other words, because they're the biggest, they're one of the biggest craft beer distributors that's, you know, owned and operated as a craft beer in the country, but they're far and away the biggest in the Boston area and in New England. Mm-hmm. And they basically agreed that that if they would pass this law for all of the other smaller craft brewers in the area, that they would agree to be exempted from it. That I, is, I, just, I just think that's wow, amazing. Wow, taking that they, one for the team, Yeah, so they to totally took They basically took it for their competitors. I guess you could look at it that way. But I just, again, my hat is but off to those that's for the craft. Guys. It's for the craft. And that's one thing, you know, because I've had a chance to meet uh, Jim Cook from uh, Sam Adams and Boston Beer Company, and he is that passionate about beer. He loves their beer. It's what he's most passionate about, but he's passionate about beer and the whole idea of craft That's brewing. amazing. So I just thought that was, uh, and I was glad Bruce was wearing the Sam Adams shirt because it, uh, you know, they deserve to be recognized for doing something that didn't wind up benefiting them at all in the end, but benefited the craft beer industry uh, as a whole. I see that uh, you have already uh, gotten busy pouring, and that's you know, just I just like to say, Dave, you are the kind of guest we like. You didn't waste any time. You went right to the pour, <laughs> and I'm uh, passing this one over to Adam. This is a wow! What a beautiful color that is. Yeah. It looks like uh, almost looks like a, a party punch or something. Uh, or something probably like close that. to that. Yeah, a deep red, uh, and this is which one are we tasting now? This, this is, is from our spilled series, which is our fruited sour series that we release. About every other week, probably twice a month. Um, okay. And it's heavily fruited. It's a kettle sour. Then that is, we do basically four flavors each time we release it, three to four. Um, and we just pack as much fruit in this as possible. And it's a, always a play for us on trying to hit that sweet and sour sort of right. combo. You because know? it's that Comes balance that's so good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is so fun to drink. It really is. Can I, can I, I hope. That you take this in the best way possible. Do you remember when you were a kid and you get a Slurpee? 
Yeah. And it would melt down and just become this kind of carbonated sludge that yes. was awesome. I know. Yep. That was one this of my favorite parts about bit, the Slurpee. Yes. This is this is like that without all the carbonation. It's, and alcohol. And, <laughs> and it has alcohol, so well, it's grown what, up. What you wanted from the Slurpee, what you didn't want was when you were drinking it and you pulled all of the flavor stuff out of it and you were just, just had the ice oh, yeah. left. Right. Yeah. When it went the direction you were talking about, that was when you were like, oh, I got a good one. I totally got a good one. Yep. But you're right. This is It's like a... I was going to say it's like a Jolly Rancher, but then like I was enjoying the the finish on it. It's it, that tartness it, on the finish. It's way more fresh fruit tasting than that. It's okay. got what so what what fruits are in here? This is mango and cherry and cherry slushy. And so it is exactly that. We it's tons of fresh mango and a cherry in there, tart cherry, and then a cherry slushy mix in if, there. If you're a person that <laughs> that has avoided sours because maybe you tried one and it just didn't like it didn't do it for your palate, you should come back to sours and this try is, this one. This is I like, think this is very accessible yeah. for people who may not think of themselves as as fans of, of sour beer. This is yeah. this is like that that perfect sweet tart that you get that you yes. put in your mouth that just crumbles into powder all of a sudden. Mm, 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 it's you know that one in every package. Yep. It's like it's like that right. thing. Right. And you go through the rest of the package looking to see if there's any others of that color. <laughs> that's that's exactly what it's like. Good. I that's think exactly we, what it's like. That's yeah, what intended. Yeah, this is delicious. So tell me about this live wire line. You you put these out. You said every couple of weeks. Yeah, the, the spilled ones. Um, they're, they're the ones that you see probably okay, so most from us, right? Um, and the ones with the drips, we always call it, and that's what mm-hmm. sort of gets referenced a lot. Um, so the line is spilled. I called it live wire, yeah. but that's one. Of the yeah, other that, ones. that's yeah. one of the flavors in okay. the spilled one, which I think we we had too much text to put on that one. So, <laughs> but, <laughs> but spilled is, spilled is the name. So yeah. when you put one of these out, yeah, how long? Would we still be able to get it normally? You, they, the spilled will sell out in the first few days. There won't be any left, you know, after six days. Definitely don't last a week. And do is it easiest to get one then by coming directly come, to the brewery? Come to the brewery, or um, we have online stores that are linked in all our bio, um, bios, whether it's Instagram or Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, what side of town is your brewery on? We are... Uh, on the west side of the city, uh, we're in the Sawyer Yards area. That's oh yeah, yeah. Sort of kind called. Of height, yeah, Heights, Midtown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But yeah. right, up, right at Studemont and Washington. Gotcha. Uh, it's it's real close to both of us, Ian. Nice. Yeah. It's it's on the it's way. It's a great home. central location. <laughs> it, it it really is. You can get right there. It's right off of ten. You know, sixty nine. It's it's easy to get there. Um, a little tucked back off of Washington a little bit, but you won't have any trouble finding it. I love it. this. This is ridiculous, Yes, and I love it. It's Great. ridiculous and wonderful. Dave, one of the things we tell a lot of our guests is that it, it is a, it's an established fact that Smoking and Toasting, our show, does in fact influence sales. And that will be the case for All you right. because I have a feeling that both Ian and I will be stopping by the brewery Great. getting more of this. This is absolutely wonderful. Wow, what a, and and I want to say again, when you think of a sour, you often think of something where sour is the predominant thing. Yeah, and in this one, the sort of sweetness Mm-mm. of the fruit is just as present as it's sweet the sour. It's so balanced, sweet and round up front with a little touch of carbonation, and the finish has just that tart snap mm. that I, just finishes it with with leaving your mouth just watering. Yeah, and I think that's what brings you back to it. If it was all sweetness, it it get glowingly yeah. and, and right. just stick around. Um, so that's what sort of makes it refreshing and, and brings you back for your next sip. Um, and I think it needs that, too, because it's yeah. such a big mouthfeel, too. This yeah. is not a thin, watery 
thing. Right. So that's exactly right. That's the new sort of crave or sort of fad in in these styles is the thick smoothie style sours. Yeah. Which, and yeah. We really try to play into that a lot. Which that of course has become a big thing with IPAs. Is, yeah. is this Thickness, kind of yeah. consistency and having that almost milkshake vibe to them. Uh, yep. the, there's a lot of IPAs coming out. Uh, the the juicy and hazy ones especially like this, but. You're saying that this is a really developing trend in sours. Sours, yeah, and wow. you're you're that, gonna it's gonna really start to take off throughout the rest of this year. And and you know I'm a big fan of sours anyway, so I'm glad cool. when sours come into style because yeah. I, and I like them sour. You know I'm okay yeah, yeah, with me too. Yeah. Petrus and and beers like that that are super sour. A lot of people don't like that much sour, but. To me, this is odd. Look how it sticks to the glass, too. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's great. It's this is this is a really and that's the really, ma- the mango pulp for this one is what really gives it that thickness. I love that. Yeah. Really wonderful beer. Um, so you mentioned that these sell out pretty quickly, yeah. which is why you do them um, so uh, so often. Has that been? I mean, you guys didn't open the Houston location until really. The pandemic was just beginning to kind of uh, get into full swing. Yeah, how has that affected you guys? You, at least for the Houston location, you really didn't have a a sense of life before it. Yeah. So it's all been all been since it started. Yeah, we were, we were about three weeks before the shutdown, so we had people in the tap room for about three weeks, mm-hmm. um, which you know isn't much to get sort of things set and sta- established. Uh, but we are pretty fortunate to have a can inline canning. Um, operation mm-hmm. and we were able to switch over immediately. We hadn't really, you know, we don't have much plans on distribution. Um, you know, besides some of our friends that are that are very craft beer centric. Um, mm-hmm. So this it allowed us. We were fortunate just to be able to switch everything right off over to cans. Um, you know, took all the kegs offline and got those all into cans. And I think it sort of allowed us to establish that. We had about a two week window after the shutdown happened to where we were sort of trying to figure that out but then we were on the hitting the ground running with all these cans and just really pumping those out there and i think we were able you know able to start fresh with that sort of new model now That's in the great. build did you end up getting a lot of support uh from the uh from the original brewery is no that, they're terrible they're, ter- no, they're <laughs> the worst people ever um, uh, I, i'm just curious because i don't know how how you guys are structured if you're uh separate but together or if you're yeah. part of the same very very same company under the same roof sort of thing but uh i imagine with the canning situation and everything that probably made a big difference yeah that was, that was huge um what, what we are just Underneath their umbrella, we just another we're their second location. Good, but we built it for a sort of different type of model in craft beer, which is that direct to consumer, really Mm -hmm. push a tap room experience, um, sell everything over the over the bar top, as we like to say. What's what's available Um, there? You you have growlers and um, crowlers, or uh, no? Is it all all cans? All cans, all sixteen ounce cans cans? for especially for right now. We were doing growlers and. And crawlers and stuff like that when we had draft, but we've just taken all the draft beer out of the situation, put it all in cans for the current time. Yeah, no one's coming in your uh, draft room. Can't so. have them in there. Yeah. We, so you weren't really set up with with a lot of stuff that was different from that. You were able to transition over your draft stuff and your kegs. Mm-hmm. How how was it? I'm curious. In New Orleans, did they have uh, did they have a tougher time adapting based on the fact they've been around for a lot longer and you know they're used to having some distribution and things like that? Um, they're, you know, they are a bigger ship. It takes a little bit mm-hmm. longer to turn for some reasons, sure, but yeah. it actually hit them at a really good time, sort of where um, they were about to have their uh, four year anniversary and they had all these small batch beers ready to go. I mean, oh, we're talking wow. 
14 different ones. And so all they did was space those out for the first couple weeks of this thing and then were able to catch up. And they've just been doing the same sort of thing. Now, it did affect their distribution sales. Sure. Um, they're the second largest brewery in the state of Louisiana um, behind Abita. And their distribution throughout the whole state and then New Orleans itself. You know, New Orleans got hit so hard yeah, at the beginning. Right. And with Bourbon Street and all the cans and draft beer you sell along there and all the festivals mm-hmm. where you're just, you know, right. they'll have a music and festival and they'll pump, they'll take a whole truckload of beer to it. Right. And it all sells and, through their distributor. And suddenly that's just completely gone. gone. Yeah, yes, so exactly. It took a 50% hit on their distro sales, but they were able to <laughs> shift to this more small batch canning model and do online sales so they've been able to sort of manage it quite well shifting to a sort of smaller model um that has absorbed a lot of what they would have taken a hit on in distro i noticed on the spilled uh fruited sour that we just tasted um the logo the urban south logo on the can does say urban south hdx does this mean that you guys brewed this but New Orleans didn't do a version of this, correct? Did, did not. Yeah. So we're <clears throat> we're now they are starting to do the spilled series. They've done one release of those. Um as you know, that just we are their R and D facility. That's what sort of what we were built oh, to be. Oh, That's very cool. Yeah, we're the we're a little ten <clears throat> barrel brew house with, you know, compared to their forty five barrels that they're pumping out on each turn and big big huge tanks where ours are small. And so we we are here to do a lot of these sort of fun, more experimental See what the heck happens. See how what people think of a green beer um, type thing. <laughs> I love um, that. <clears throat> and so, you know, this this is we are the same company. We do Holy Roller occasionally here in Houston, but um, for the most part, we do our. They allow us to do, be creative and do our own thing. And you know, at ten barrels at a time, you can sort of throw it against the wall and see what sticks. I, and yeah, I, I I just love that kind of experimentation and, yeah. and creativity. And I'm guessing that maybe one of the things that helped you guys a little bit once the pandemic hit is you hadn't had the need before the pandemic to staff up really bigger that, and have a, a big workforce that now maybe you didn't have enough for them to do, yeah. and and you know was creating a big a big uh, amount for you to have to spend. Uh, in order to keep your payroll going so. yeah that was that when you brought that up in the first segment um or earlier that that uh, i hadn't really thought about that like how it was sort of good timing i mean we were able to keep everybody employed and keep everybody you know we just sort of shifted them around moved some bartenders onto the canning line and kept everybody rocking so i in that aspect it was decent timing to where we yeah. were not established in any one direction, we we're able to just kind all of right, adjust, focus on the new. Yeah, yeah. yeah focus on the I, new. I want to point out that ever since my early twenties, the first time I ever had green beer. Yeah. And and the resulting day after of the green beer, I, I have never had a green beer since. <laughs> well, I will say the green beers ever. that I've had have always been consumed on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Also but this that. is a very different looking green beer. But I want to no, point out that I'm going to try a green beer, and this has the same consistency as the previous uh, beer that we had, and this, yeah. is, this is a beautiful, almost vibrant, mossy green. <laughs> well, my, my question for you, Dave, is that this fruited sour... Uh, spill uh, line. So the other one was spilled. This is spill. Yeah. So we have spill, spilled, and spilt. Okay. And so this is spill. No confusion there. It nah. says on the can, tangerine blue raspberry slushy, and you can see the the illustration. It's a can of paint pouring out this deep blue, um, ra- uh, real almost like a, a blueberry looking uh, color. Yeah. We missed so, the mark there a little bit, maybe. So why is the beer green? <laughs> um, 
Yeah, we definitely. There, there's no green fruit in this. No, no, but at. but there is an orange fruit and a blue fruit. <laughs> okay. And so you get a so green beer. Uh, okay, it, so what happened the first time you looked at it? Was everyone going, Oh, no, no, oh. we were pumped. As soon as we got the um, the blue raspberry <laughs> in, we were like, oh, this beer is going to be green. But by then, you already had to have the labels done, printed, <laughs> shipped, and I was like, oh, man, why, why, didn't I, like, why didn't I put that together before I made this label? But hey, this, no. this is awesome. This I, is I love the surprise when people are getting that yeah, can yeah. and they pour it. And, and you or, open it and pour it like, what is this? Did yeah. they put the wrong beer in here? <laughs> nope. But no, this is right, ladies and gentlemen. This has a little more tart to it. Yes, it yeah. does. Uh, especially on the back end. But uh, I like it. Raspberries not, are tart and, yeah. and, and a citrus fruit. So right. I mean, that's, that plays a big part in it. It's not quite as slushy as the previous one that we had, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Well, certainly for a green beer, you would never expect. Any green beer you've ever had before to be slushied like this, to have this kind of consistency. No, I mean, that, that's this, part of the cool this part. This looks terrifying in the most wonderful way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you pouring me? But it's but then the it's all fruit after that. But it's, it's delicious. Not, yeah. It's not kiwi. It looks like it might be kiwi. Yeah. That's yeah. not. That's not what the flavor is. It's. It's definitely. Got that raspberry to it. I'm just used cool. to it's the raspberry stuff being like that sort of reddish pink. You know? Yeah, right, right. So usually, like we we taste with our eyes a lot. So uh, you look at this and you expect certain things. Like I was expecting green apple or right all kinds of different things, and it's none of those things. It's 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 raspberry and and I, blueberry and I would think this is going to be would be a really fun beer. If you have people over, like yeah. friends or family yep. over, and you go, hey, you guys have to try this. Just show them the can and then open it up. Like yep. It'll completely be. I, I, I sold a guy a four-pack on just that. He's like, I love to buy beers to share and impress and everything. I was like, well, here's your four-pack. You yeah, here's your four-pack. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Trust me. Wait to see it. Yep. Yeah, yeah. It, it is delicious, though. Like Ian said, it's got that it's got that wonderful kind of um, tartness to it that just that just brings you back one so, another set. So let me get this straight about you. You're okay with slushy beer mm-hmm. and pulpy beer, but Love not slushy. chunky. Love slushy and pulpy beer, but uh, okay, so but not chunky. So here's the thing. I, you shouldn't be able to chew it is my <laughs> is my thing. Ian, of course, being a fan of a lot of the bigger beers, has brought beers in on more than one occasion <laughs> for us to sample on the show. That have had, I don't just mean chunks, they've had stuff that sticks to your teeth in them. Yeah. I, I, I don't mind uh, a little bit of, you know, uh, of uh, tighter consistency here. But Listen, I, when I, I buy orange I juice, I go for high pulp. So yeah, this is right exactly. up my. This right, is right absolutely. Up my well, this this totally works for me, but I don't want to have to use a toothpick after I have a beer, is what I'm getting at. That's, that's, uh, now, I noticed, by the way, when you opened the first one up, you did a thing that I've mostly seen people do with, uh, with, like the uh, juicier IPAs or things that are going to have a lot, but you kind of gently rolled the can a little bit to distribute uh, the uh, ingredients a little, the sediment before you opened it up. And these are the kind of beers you would definitely, you know, that definitely benefit from doing that before you open it up. Yeah, especially like the first one was a beer that we put out. (laughs) A couple weeks ago, so we had so it's, you know, it's maybe sat a little yeah, longer. We, we haven't beaten gravity yet. I mean, it just always happens. Um, I love so. that. Well, so. hazy and juicy don't even begin to describe what's going on here. Yeah, it, are... this really is wonderful. It's it's got a uh, uh, it, it's got a flavor that is really different from anything I think I've had in, in a beer before. Great. You I know, love I, it. I, I want to point out a refreshing and super wonderful thing right now. We've just had an entire discussion about two different beers so far. And no one's mentioned the hop content in any of it. Yeah, well, there's zero. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's why I get. It. But you know, and you know, I love hoppy beers. But the, these are wonderful. One of the things that happens to me when I drink beers that are not as hoppy 
is I'm going, okay, well, where's the flavor going to come from? Yeah. If it's got a great malt flavor to it, I love that. I think of like the Gutentag from uh, St. Arnold is a great so example good. of that. It's it's not a hoppy beer at all, but the malt is so delicious. You know, it. you know when I'm drinking Gutentag and someone comes up and be like, what is that? I'm like, it's the opposite. <laughs> and that's really what of it is. Of an IPA. But, it's the but, actual but I love opposite. That. And, yeah. and, it, and it's really good when you've got, you know, the darker beers that have got the, you know, the dried fruit flavors and, and the, the coffee flavors and things like that. As long as it's presenting me with a big flavor, what I don't like as much are the beers that don't have a lot of flavor coming from hops and don't really have a lot of other flavor in them as well. Flavor is not a problem for either of these. No. They are they are flavor bombs, but in the best possible way. Best possible way. Well, this is very impressive, and I've never had one of your sours before, so this is very cool. This Good. is very impressive. So uh, I can't stop drinking. I'm just destroying these beers. <laughs> you mentioned you had spill, spilled, and spilt. Yeah, and so the difference between those is ABV. Um, okay. This one comes in usually between five and five and a half. Um, what 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 ends up happening is you have to brew up. And then your fruit back down because fruit mm. obviously won't have the alcohol in it. Sure, we don't right. let it ferment. Um, so it's really like a seven percent beer. That but then the fruit brings we, the fruit yeah, content we dil- brings it basically back dilute it down with fruit, right. um, and that brings it into depending on the fruit level. <clears throat> it's between five and five and a half. So filled comes in at six to six and a half. We brew that up to eight percent, and then fruit and then down. Fruit bound, yeah, and then the last one starts at ten, and it's super fruited. The spilt series, and we don't do those. We do those maybe once a month. Um, it's super fruited, brewed up to 10% and bring it back down to 8%. So you're drinking this juice bomb at 8% and it'll catch you. It'll so catch you quick. I want to make and sure you don't even get uh, e- even the smallest it's vibe not, of it. It doesn't come all. off yeah. boozy at, at all, all, does it? No, 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 it really doesn't. So I want to make sure I understand how these series uh, work. If the, you figure it out, tell me. It well, okay. So, so let me let me take a stab at this and tell me if I'm close. The rules are interpretive. Yeah. It's the spilled series. Right, there's three um, levels. Three levels: spill, spilled, and spilt. Oh, yeah. But within there, there's other levels. Okay. So, so, but, but what I can get right now at the brewery that's spilled, the that may be a completely different spilled beer in a few weeks. Oh, I mean, like tomorrow. So, so in other words, they they don't stay the same even if the name stays the same. Correct. Yeah, exactly. It's different versions of each name are are continued. Yeah. To so go. each week we come out with three to four different of one of the lines. Um, this releasing tomorrow will be four different, um, or this week will be four different spilled beers. So we have the Live Wire, um, we have a mango white chocolate, we have a um, coconut passion fruit lime. And we have a, another one. I can't even keep up. <laughs> okay, so we'll. And that I don't want to drink. I don't want to sample all of our beers in this segment because I want to make sure we have something. Oh, we got plenty upcoming. Okay, well, when we get to the live wire, which we'll do in in the next segment because we're about to take a break. This one doesn't say spill, spilled, or spilt. Yeah, it was so, supposed to say spilled. Oh, it um, was okay. But we just ran out of line because I wanted out. to keep. I wanted to keep okay. Livewire in there because that's the that's the old Mountain Dew drink that right. that doesn't exist anymore. So also a Motley Crue song, right? Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you. And then we wanted to list the fruits on there, so we just didn't have. Okay, so there. but Livewire is a spilled. It's a spilled. Yeah. Anytime and, you see the drips on there, that's in the spilled lineup. All right. And if you see something that the looks more can. like the paint can, that's a spill. Yeah. And how about spilt? What's different spilt about it? Spilt is just a blob of paint on the can. I love it. I that's love great. it. All right. And the colors change each time. 
you know, depending on the fruit that's in it. Um, and then within those, there's a single spilled, a double spilled, and a triple spilled. And those all are sort of relative to the amount of fruit that are in them. You know what this reminds me of? I'm going to start a graph here. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like like a, a sci-fi series, like a Star Trek or a Star Wars. Like it has its own universe. And when you meet people that are that are fans of that universe, they know all about it. They know yeah. all the different a- alien yep. species. They know, you know, what planets they're from and all that Speak stuff. The and language. This is kind of like that. Like if you really start to get into this, you learn the language oh, of, of this and it's got what's fun about it is it's got something to learn yeah you know you, you see people asking online like in a instagram post like hey what is this one or something and our fans are the ones who come back and and answer for nice. them like no this is spilled that has this much and <laughs> i love this. it and i'm like i love oh, thank it you. it's so great all right so we we do want to try the live wire which is a spilled yep. and we'll get to that uh plus some other urban south uh beers in just a few moments our guest today is dave omer he is the general manager and brewer at urban south htx and this is Smoking and Toast in number 197. We'll be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It is Smoking and Toasting. This is the show that is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, uh, the coolest shirts for cigar fans and all starting under 20 bucks. You can grab them for yourself or anyone you know that loves cigars at MyCigarShirts.com. I like them because they're a little snarky, the cigar shirts. I like. I, I like can't these. imagine. My, my favorite one is a shirt that says, um, uh, I th- I'm not going to get this quite right, but it says, um, I love cigars. Or, or, yeah, I love cigars. You, not so much. <laughs> so it's stuff like that. You know, it's fun stuff. So uh, so check it out, MyCigarShirts.com, because cigars. Uh, gentlemen, uh, we need to do something very important on the show right now, and uh, I hope you will uh, join us in this, uh, Dave. Uh, we need to observe a moment of silence. I'm not unhappy about this, but it's important that it be observed in the proper way. So now a smoking and toasting moment of silence. That's all we needed. Our moment of silence is for Nat Sherman cigars. Finally bit it, huh? They are biting the big one. Nat Sherman cigars are going to go away and disappear. And it is if <clears throat> it is as if karma or God or the universe, whatever, whatever you believe, has finally moved in a proper direction and allowed this to happen. So it's as if the company that owned them doesn't care about them? Yes, which we already knew. Okay. Yeah, we already knew this when they supported the cigar legislation, which makes it onerously difficult for cigar companies and many cigar retail operations. They actually came out and said this legislation was good. Now, of course, their primary sales that this company uh, that owned Nat Sherman uh, uh, come from, their primary sales come from cigarettes, not from not from cigars. So, yeah, they didn't really care about cigars. But whenever that happened, <clears throat> and if you remember, we had a whole series of discussion and debates about this. Our buddy Alan Denny uh, and our friend Chris Hart, you know, nobody cares about either of those guys, but they were on the <laughs> show. We, we talked about it in a zillion different ways. But I said, look, I'm not like leading a national boycott or anything, but I'll never buy another Nat Sherman cigar. Not when they're basically, sta- their company is standing against 
the entire cigar industry. Yeah. Think about it, Dave. If if, uh, if you know uh, one of the major bigger craft brewers, if Sierra Nevada came out and said they supported some kind of legislation that made it smaller, or made it tough for smaller craft breweries, you know, you wouldn't want to go spend no. a dollar on a no, voting with your dollar a, is by the is way strong. By the way, Sierra Nevada did not do no. that, and in no. fact, we talked earlier about how Sam Adams had done the opposite of that. Yes. They'd, they'd taken a move to help smaller brewers, but Nat Sherman. Uh, they're closing down the entire Nat Sherman line, <clears throat> and they are um, uh, shutting down their store in New York City, the Nat Sherman store. Was this a cigar that you got, <coughs> that was supported well before and was bought out by someone? Or you know, a I, little backstory? Here. I believe that Nat Sherman started out as an independent brand and yeah. then was bought by this uh, large tobacco okay. conglomerate. Uh, but the Nat Sherman Cigar Store in New York City, I've been in there. It's a wonderful place. It's just a, a beautiful facility. I'm sure they're struggling now with uh, with COVID and being you know being as anybody uh, the shutdown would be uh, would be tough on them. Oh, but, and <clears throat> and New York cigar politics. Oh yeah, there's that as well, which is which is a tough thing. But they're shutting down. So now, I feel like my uh, my boycott can be totally lifted because since they're shutting down the line. Now, if I were to buy a Nat Sherman cigar, I'm only helping, you know, Casa de Monte Cristo or Stogie's or one of my favorite cigar shops to sell off their inventory, which will be no way for them to return or do anything. But, you know, it's already been Nat Sherman's not making any money off this anymore. Yeah. I'm just supporting my local guys now uh, by buying out their existing stock. And I do like that timeless uh, cigar that they yeah. have. That's, uh, you the, know, the, and the thing that sucks about all of this is the ones who suffered from all that were the Nat Sherman employees. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I do agree with that. Them. I do agree with that. And we, we know one of those who's a former Nat Sherman employee mm-hmm. who's now uh, gainfully employed with another company. Yes. And, and he, by the way, you want to get somebody talking about Nat Sherman? Ask him. He'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> he worked there. He worked there. So anyway, there's our there's our moment of silence for today's show. Now let's get back to the fruited sour. Uh, we've got uh, the live wire, which you said is a spilled. Oh, right, learning. Yeah, see, that was wonderful, wasn't it? <laughs> so spilled is in the. It, it's the uh, it's, so it's spilled. Spilled and spilt. So spilled yeah. is in the middle in terms of ABV, correct? Yeah, exactly. And, oh, this one looks like, you know what it looks like is that that sort of combination. You ever get that juice, uh, Ian, that's like orange and grapefruit mixed together? Uh-huh. Right. That That's what the color of this looks like if you take a look at the uh, color and consistency. A little darker than an orange juice, but not quite uh, not, not quite grapefruit uh, a juice either. That looks fantastic. Yeah, this is... Um Tangerine again, so our same um, tangerine puree that we use, and then Mountain Dew syrup, like straight bag in a box. <laughs> actual, Mountain Dew, actual real Mountain Dew. Real so, Mountain so Dew. So this has a caffeine. This has a yeah, it sure well. does. Yeah. So you know what what uh, what is interesting about this and some of the other sours is none of them have had a, a nose that. If you're just uh, smelling them before, you can smell the sour. Yeah, but none a little of them bit have, on this one. Yeah, none of them have had a nose that represented what you get on the taste buds when you take that uh, that first sip. Okay, it's now this definitely, this I smell sour and a little yeah. citrus, but yeah, I don't get a, a lot there. of. But for how I mean, I haven't tasted. There's not yet, a lot of I'm, definition to I'm, the nose on I'm it. I'm betting if that makes though sense. that I'm betting though that for the taste that you're going to get on your tongue and on your palate, um, that the nose doesn't really doesn't really warn you for what's coming. Well, that's interesting. Wow. And this is... I, okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. This is a, definitely a tug back at the, you know, 
probably Gen X people who sure. are really Mountain right there Dew for was, Mountain was a thing. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like it, and I'm not actually a huge Mountain Dew fan. Yeah, but, me either. But but, but I drank I a lot of Mountain Dew when I was a kid. Well, of course you because you you ride uh, mountain bikes. That's like. A prerequisite, right? As, as I got to be an adult, dirt bikes and stuff. Don't, don't you? Don't you <laughs> well, I do have, ride mountain bikes. Yeah. Don't you have to have Mountain Dew if you ride one of those? Um, it's a requirement. There, there might have I think been it's Monster a, Energy drinks today. Oh, yeah. I think now it is, it's yeah. yeah. Now it's Monster and um, uh, and uh, Red Bull yeah. sponsor everybody. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I drank Mountain Dew for actually a lot of years. That was my soda pop of choice, if you will. Wow. And uh, and one <clears throat> at one point in time, I was having a lot of heartburn. No, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I just happened to not drink Mountain Dew for about a week, and I was like, I didn't have any heartburn. And I had one yeah. in my fridge, and I opened it up, and I took a sip. And it was Immediate. almost instant yeah. heartburn. Mm. And I just don't drink it since. This is super interesting, though. <laughs> I, I'm curious, as, as these have gone, is this one that— the sales took off. Is this one that was a little slower than the others? How did how um, is this one sold in comparison to the other beers in the series? This one is out right now, so you can get it. This one is released <clears throat> this week. Um, it, it we had a great first two nights of sales for it, so we'll see. I mean, this was definitely one that like people were on right away. If you were a fan of Livewire Mountain yeah. Dew, you you've <clears throat> already bought a case of it. Well, the others are like right. really. I'm <laughs> not I'm not against I, having I a little caffeine in 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 a. Uh, in an alcoholic drink, I actually think it's kind of fun. Yeah, yeah. I uh, love though that you will be this experimental. I mean, and and I really like this. This wouldn't be one I would buy a case of. Yeah. But I know people that would immediately want a case of this. Yeah. Uh, just people that love Mountain Dew in a, in just a, for the fun a of a serious it. way, and it is so fun. But I love that you guys are not afraid to just to just go. Let's try. Is it, it mango? You, know? you said in there. Tangerine. Tangerine. Orange. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. So the dripping colors tell us a little bit about the, Typically, the primary yeah. fruit and and flavor that's in here. Yeah. And okay. you know we just stole Mountain Dew's orange and red or green there, um, or red and green there, and just. <laughs> Put so, it on there. so let me ask you this: Can you actually source the Mountain Dew syrup or mix? It, or it was not it easy right now because of the pandemic. Um, a lot of these syrups are very much um, devoted towards um, movie theaters, and right, a lot, right. so like they've shut down a lot of those lines um, <clears throat> because they just don't have an outlet for them. But we called around enough places and had it shipped. Here and it wasn't as easy How as normal. How much did you have to buy? Like that stuff comes in a big bag, right? Yeah, five gallon bags. A five gallon yeah, bag. What they call bag in a box. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, how many of those go not, into not, making this? Not that, but two. Matter of fact, two? Um, yeah, that's ten gallons though. That's, yeah. So and it's pretty concentrated, you know. So yeah. And so when you talk about the syrup, basically what you're mixing into the beer is the same thing that if you're a movie theater or a place with fountain drinks, it's the syrup you would use. To mix with the carbonation and and exactly. make Mountain Dew in in a fountain drink, right? Exactly right. Yep. It's 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 an ingenious idea. Well, you guys be telling everybody. Can I just re- <laughs> can I request that you try this with Dr Pepper? Oh, we, we've talked about this. Oh, we're we're trying to work wonderful. that out. Yep. A darker beer with the Dr Pepper flavoring, like like a beer. Think of a beer that would have like, like a, a Dr Porter, right? Like mm. a beer that would have a chocolate undertone to it, and then the Dr Pepper's in there. We should do a beer and collab. We should do a smoking and toasting Dr. Pepper Porter with you guys. Okay. <laughs> See, if you ask them on the show, then they, you know, they can't say no yeah, without seeming rude. We, we've been thinking about going more um, in a different direction with it, but I'd like to, I'd like to play around with that. I, 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 do, I do like uh, 
uh, this beer, though. It's it, again, I'm not a Mountain Dew guy, but this is tasty, and I would. Uh, I don't know if I'd buy a case. You know, I'd, I don't like I'd this one as much pack. as I like the other two, but I also finished it. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I can't oh, no. stop drinking uh, these. No, and, and that's the thing about these sours is that they all kind of beg you to take one more sip. They've got yeah. that that quality to. I call it the Doritos effect because <laughs> you know after you have it, no matter how whether you like Doritos a lot or just a little, after you eat one, you really do want another one. Yep. And it's kind of uh, it's kind of like this. That's a good thing for you know good thing for beer to have. It'll help you. Uh, It'll help you move a few more uh, a few more four packs, is my guess. Yep. Um, so wow, that that is, I can't believe we tried three beers from this series that were that different from each other. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like they all had they all were so distinctly different, and yet they all had some some things in common. Mostly the consistency and the juiciness is is what they had in common. But I'll say it again: if you are someone who has been hesitant about sour beers. These would be some really good ones for you to try because they're not oh, yeah. like most of the. So they've got their own thing going on this this entire series. It's it's really really cool. All right, we are going to take another uh, break, a quick break this time. When we come back, we're going to be tasting some rum. Uh, it's the Frigate Reserve rum, and you mentioned you have a, a beer that you thought would, might be good to taste in the segment. Yeah, I with think it'll be one. good for cleansing off the palate for from these to that. I think it'll be a good Perfect. transition. Right. Awesome. So, so we'll be uh, going with that. Plus, drinking news is coming up, ladies and gentlemen. Drinking news. Yeah, can't wait. Ian will be singing the theme song himself. It's to drinking news today. Singing. It's your turn okay. today. Yes, uh, we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Makes you laugh when I do that, doesn't it? <laughs> it's, this is very sexy music. You almost just. In the beginning. Yeah, it makes me think. I, I just watched. I had never actually seen it. And my wife said you got to watch it. We watched the the Ray Charles movie with Jamie Foxx. Oh yeah, it's a great movie. Yeah. Uh, but just yeah, just just the way that and they in the film he does a great Ray Charles impression, but they kept all of the singing was all actually Ray Charles. And Jamie Foxx was, you know, was basically lip syncing to it, and it seems like maybe that wouldn't work. It was totally the best decision. But he plays the piano. But he plays the too. piano. Oh, I mean, he unbelievable. He, he, does, he does an unbelievable performance overall. Did you? But the music is just. Did so they good have the? Uh, did they have the um, the extras after it where they show him sitting with Ray Charles and playing? Piano you know, I got to like go that. back and watch. I'm not sure if I watched far enough to see that. Yeah. So I, I may have clicked out during the credits and not. And not stayed with the extras. I'll have to go back and see that. Yeah, I've seen Jamie Foxx on like talk shows and stuff talking about the role and, and meeting Ray Charles and how how cool it all was. But uh, yeah, anyway, so that that song kind of makes me think about it because it's got that little funky gospely R and B vibe to it. We're gonna do the beer first. Do beer I think. first? Yeah, okay. uh, he um, Dave was mentioning this might be a good palate cleanser for oh, okay. um, uh, for coming off of the sours and before we go to the rum. So this is your pills. Is that correct? One of. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. I like it. Um, um, so, is this one that's available on an ongoing basis, or is this a? Yeah, uh, we're, this is batch two. Um, we do we do slightly change it up. Okay. For each, for each batch, and I, you know, the label relatively <clears throat> looks the same, but I change the clockwork behind it. So there is a sli- you can see a slight difference. Slight difference, in, yeah. In the batch so, like I said, this is batch two, um, and we do designate them differently. We de- designate them as batch one, two, two, and now coming okay. up three. All right. Um, so, and that's just this is the one where. We are playing with different base malts for each 
batch. Um, and talk about uh, how Pilsner is a more difficult style yes. to brew than an, than an ale. How much more difficult? Extremely. I mean, this really? is this is where I mean, this is a brewer's beer right here. I mean, if you go out and talk to every brewer, you put this on your menu when they go into a brewery. They're going to order. That's it what they're going to order to see yeah, how good you are, exactly. right? Yeah. Exactly. Because there's nothing to hide behind. I mean, yeah, that's right. the that's the big part that everybody doesn't think about. They're always, you know, oh, this big porter, this, that, and every other big beer. But there's a huge malt profile you can you yeah, hide. Yeah, you can hide. Yeah, exactly. It, it covers a lot of mistakes, I'm guessing. Yeah. If you if and you this make them when they when you know it's all one malt, one <laughs> hop basically, and time, you know, you got nothing to hide behind. Well, and that's well. where timepiece comes into this. This one takes two months to make. Wow. Versus some of these other beers that we can put out in two weeks. Right. Um, think about that. You can take that tank and make, you know, six beers, four beers off of that tank versus the time it took to make this mm-hmm. one beer. So that's another reason you don't see them as much or in this way. That's awesome. And it, it seems to be coming more popular, though. Um, Pilsner and, and Pilsner and Lager yeah. uh, seems to be becoming more popular with smaller uh, craft brewers. And I think that. Um, Maybe that's why, or maybe they it's, get a little more experience and decide, well, okay, now is the time to do it. Well, I was going to say, it's my guess then, based on what he was saying about the, how brewers look at this. Oh, this smells is, good. It's my guess that they this is something they want to show off. If they yeah. feel like they can do this smells like a bread. good Pilsner, it's like, why would you not want to make one of these and show, hey, I really do know what I'm doing well, here, you know? And especially for us, when we are doing so many of these goofy sours with Mountain Dew in them and stuff like that, this is my one to say... Look, we can do Look, that. We're a serious, we're yeah, a we can serious do this too, Pilsner so. Brewer. This is well, our throwdown. down. Like, hey, this, all right. I love it. This smells now, like. Now, here you got a lot of nose, and it's like, really good. Like malty bread. Yeah. In such a good way, too. Yes. Yeah. This is one of those that I would be, like, trying to trying to uh, sniff, and I would wind up actually inhaling some of the beer. That's all right. Because uh, it's so, uh, it's got such a, a wonderful, like you said, almost uh, yeasty, malty uh, flavor to it. Kind of a Bavarian uh, vibe to it. Yeah, it's very much. Oh, um, it really it, does, yes. Yeah, so it's a German yeast. Um, it's actually a French Pilsner malt gr- grown in the Champagne region, a small farm I there. I think I knew not that the very French common. grew malt. Yeah, not very <laughs> wow, common at all. That's very cool. Which is why, uh, obviously, as soon as we found it, we like have to do this. <laughs> the balance of the carbonation in here is really good too. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. It's um, not it's not distractingly carbonated, but it's not undercarbonated. It's actually really right and, on. And I love the balance of the bitter. There are some there, of the yeah, there's some hops in there. Yeah, but there's some of the Bavarian style beers that I don't. the The bitter just kind of stays with you longer than you want it to, and it doesn't uh, finish as clean. Uh, yeah. This this is super clean, and you get. You get the enjoyment of that bitter, but it doesn't wind up obliterating the other flavors yeah. in the beer. You, you need a little bit of it just yes, to you keep do. it for sure. You know, once, once again, like the sours, you know, you need a little bit of that tartness. You need a little bit of that bitterness to sort of clean, cleanse off the palate and keep you wanting to pick up the glass. But uh, after that, for us, it's trying to show off that the yeast characteristics, which is all a technique thing and fermentation, and then trying to show off this malt, which in this case, the French Pils malt is just. Ex- Extremely light and clean with a nice what it was. It's got a very delicateness to it. It does, yeah. yeah. Delicate. But the aroma kinda, is just yeah, the, right on for the me. The aroma is sort great. of cracker bread. Yeah. This is this is yeah, the great crackers actually, I think. I said bread at first, but I yeah. think you're right. I think cracker might be a little more I think I, I always sort of go straight towards saltine without yeah. the salt, like that sort of plain white cracker. Right. It's definitely I get these there. baked crackers from but Kroger I would, that are so good. I would Smelly. love to drink this while 
enjoying like a big soft pretzel with lots of mustard. Oh yeah, oh, think about absolutely. How, think about how great with some yeah. extra sharp cheese. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Found some really good extra sharp. Then we also specs, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna really good. Cheese fan. Mm. Yep. Uh, and this would be good. You know, a lot of people think wine with cheese, but the right beer with cheese yep. is just exceptional. Oh yeah. Especially with a really good sharp cheddar. Oh, fantastic. So you're selling these as six packs? <clears throat> four packs. Four packs? Yeah. Go, go with the sixteen them? ounce. Um, how much are the four packs going for? These ones I believe are fourteen mm-hmm. a four pack. Um we are not your most economical brewery out there, but we don't you know, oh, but yeah, no, this is super it's, high it's quality. Not, it's not yeah, what you're doing, fantastic. though. You're producing not, things that are... Exactly. When you're bringing in French Pilsner yeah, malt exactly. you know, and giving it two months in the tank, You it's could not do cheap. this cheaper and sell it cheaper, but that's yeah. not the kind of beer you're trying no, to brew. No, we're not. The, and the, yeah, and this sense. one is also like single decoction, so the brew day is extremely long. Um, I mean, it's it's just a lot of labor in this beer. So when you do batch three, mm-hmm. what will likely be different from batch two? What, batch three is... All the same, except for we are going with an Idaho Pilsner malt. Okay, Grown so it's a, so it's a change in in one of the ingredients. The, perhaps, yeah, the one the base, which is probably okay. the biggest ingredient as far as poundage goes. That's in a beer like this. Nice. Um, and this is a small boutique farm in Idaho that has just been producing great stuff. Um, you know, we knew we were going to do this beer, but we had to do the French one first. You I know, love just, yeah, we, yeah, we love, love this malt. We've played with it before and. This next one we're really excited about. Will you be? Would you be able to go back and get more of that French malt if you wanted to use yeah. it again? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Good. Because this is awesome. Yeah, this cool. is outstanding. <laughs> it really is. I don't know what batch three will taste like, but it would be awesome oh, for you to be able some... to say, "Hey, this is you know, this is batch two over again." Oh, well, we got some treats. Batch. This one will be coming out. So, each one of these batches of timepiece. Now we've been taking a little bit out before we can it, or before it even gets to lagering and putting it in barrels. So we're doing the oak lagered. Pilsners oh, for this one, so wow. this one will be in. It's aging right now in the walk-in, so we actually take the barrels, fill them up, we rinse out, try to wash out a lot of the wine characteristic to it, but still, obviously, some's going to be in the wood. It's wood. Right. Um, fill up two wine barrels worth, so it'll be, you know, sixty gallons a piece, hundred twenty gallons total. Um, those are aging in the walk-in cooler, so we take the whole barrels on the rack and put them in the walk-in cooler, and we'll, they'll get three months in there. You don't hear about. We'll, uh, Pilsner's being aged. Uh-uh. In that no, way. this is this in, is. In, uh, I don't think I've ever heard of that before. That's why I'm. What a this wonderful is, it's idea! It's really cool. We we've done it in the past, and then we'll can condition it, and um, you know we'll roll out the red carpet for this beer because it's That's a lot. You know, it's five months in the well, making. This is wonderful. Uh, I must have more. I will. Do you, you still have some two available? Still, still have some two available. Is there, is not, there still not much? some in the can. <laughs> no, there's not. But there's oh, another can. Oh man. <laughs> well, uh, well, this this is wonderful. So. Um, I recommend it highly to anybody who wants to see what they can really do. Now, Ian, before you open that, and this was a great palate cleanser, but I do think we should uh, break up the beer and the rum with a little drinking news. So now, drinking news, drinking news. I don't, I don't now it's time for drinking. Oh, news. now it's time for drinking news. See, he's better at this than I am. Yeah. He's a musician. I'm not. Uh, drinking news is a segment on the program, uh, ladies and gentlemen, where we like to share a story with you that may or may not be about drinking, but certainly could be more enjoyable if you have been drinking. And we've been enjoying some of the uh, Urban South brews. While you're talking about drinking news, I'm going to pour. Please, yes. Nice. So for, uh, we've been doing drinking news for about maybe nine or ten shows now. And so far, the number one most uh, oft-occurring opening statement is 
a Florida man. A Florida man. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, followed by a Louisiana man. And I think what was last week's, uh, Ian? It was like something like a. a, a was it South Carolina? Uh, or? No, I, I it, was, it was another country, a Scandinavian man. Oh, that's, like that. right, yes, that's right. Yeah, cause it was, cause it was oh, the, yeah. You got to go the, far and wide to match yeah, a Florida man. Yeah. But, but today's, <laughs> today's is a little different. It opens with the phrase A black German shepherd named Brick <laughs> has shot to stardom on social media. After his owner posted a picture of the pup, and go ahead and put it up, Adam. That's a doggone dead ringer for Batman. A yes. Which, which Batman? That's a dead ringer for Batman? One of the good Batmans. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Michael, Michael Keaton, then. Yeah, yeah. Not, not the George Clooney Batman, yeah. uh, but the uh, but one of the good Batmans. Um, Jelena Janovic captured this image when her five-year-old pup pricked up his ears after a scolding. Uh, she says, I was taking a panoramic portrait and waiting for him to make a calm face and look at me. He was so bored he started eating snow. I told him no, and he raised his head, tilted his ears, and gave me that look for a split second, and I caught it on camera. So <laughs> I'm just showing you that on wow. the feed. Wow, that's this, cool. ladies and gentlemen, is the dog that looks like Batman. And quite frankly, he looks a lot more like Batman than George Clooney did. I'm Batman. And maybe more than even Val Kilmer. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of my favorite Batmans was from the Lego movie. Oh, the Lego. Why? The that's Lego, so that's pretty funny. Uh, Batman. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's got the best Batman voice. The yeah. Lego Batman is the best Batman voice for and sure. He, and he never like breaks it either. It's just, yeah, it's actually no, pretty good. No. So, so you got to love, and I, I could read you the rest of the story, but what's most important is that picture. So, this is one of the times that if you guys are not watching the show uh, on, on the video feed, but you're listening on audio, it's probably worth it to go find in. Uh, what is this, segment number four? Segment number four of uh, Smoking and Toasting. Drinking News. Uh, the Drinking News, and it's uh, it's worth it. And look at the picture. It's I'm worth it to man. see the photo. All right, so with a palate cleanser of some really outstanding Pilsner, uh, the Timepiece Pilsner from uh, Urban South HTX, we are now headed into the rum. The Ian, rum. Can you show that to the camera? I will show it to the camera. This has this beautiful uh, stamp on the front. It's like mm -hmm. a giant postage stamp. And it's a uh, frigate reserve, fifteen age, fifteen years. It says, product of Panama, eighty proof. Yeah, so it's a Panama. And it has rum, a little Panamanian, uh, I guess. Has you would a little say. Uh, coin on here yeah, that says "Life yeah. on the Wing" and a little stamp that says the same thing. It's got the uh, the uh, the bird. The um, is that a gull? Is that a seagull? Seagull. Yeah. Jonathan Livingston Rum. Yeah, I was blanking on that. The frigate, yeah. oh, the frigate or warbird keeps its vigil over. It's a, oh, so frigate. the frigate is a bird. See, I thought it okay. was a ship, but a frigate yeah. is a the bird. The frigate or warbird keeps its vigil over the ocean's blue lens by day uh, and night, making landfall only and occasionally maintaining its station as master seeker of the world's seas. Oh, see, see, I love when they have a story. Symbolizing complete freedom within those spaces where the sea and sky become one. Such is our choice, life on the wing. So this is a 15-year rum. Uh, and on the nose, what I'm getting is all kind of a chocolate and cinnamon. So I get I get cinnamon. I get uh, I get a little of the, uh, the, like the raw uh, sugar 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Granado sugar. That, I get the, um, the sugar cane. I get a little butter. rubber, a little bit of like uh, chemical. I can see that rubber. Well, kind the, of. J- the Jamaican rums have a tendency to have yeah. a very strong amount of that rubberiness to them, uh, and it's not. It sounds like a flavor <laughs> that, does you, sound that you weird, wouldn't right? want, but it's but actually kind of good. It's, yeah. it's actually quite good. Yeah, um, but this does have on the nose. A bit of that. I'm not sure if I'm really detecting it though in, in the flavor. What's interesting though is it doesn't taste a lot like it smells. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I definitely saw a difference there. I, mean, I get vanilla and yeah. French oak from that, but then you, yeah, the aroma or the flavor is completely. So yeah, the flavor comes across. Yeah, but the flavor comes across with almost a brown sugar and butter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, almost a uh, there's almost a graham crackeriness like. It, lost in there somewhere and some cinnamon it has a little bit of heat to it but it still goes down incredibly smooth which uh, you know we've talked about how smooth can sometimes just mean it's you know it's, it's a little watered down you know uh, but this yeah. is but this this didn't feel that way to me at all it's not we've certainly had some higher proof rums that kick a little harder than this yeah but this is uh this lets you know you're drinking uh, a brown spirit but still goes down with quite a quite a pleasant. Uh, it's finish. clean in that way, very, very much. Clean. Yes, yeah, it has a very clean aftertaste. Clean's a good word for that. It's it's, it's nice. Mm. It's uh, it's interesting because none of the flavors really linger, but the heat, right. I, which isn't real strong, is right. is still there. A little the rum bit. hug is very casual. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. I like it. In fact, I do too. This Enjoy strikes it. me as one that would get better and better. As you sipped it, not because of the alcohol content, but just the flavors. I'm would trying to imagine what would happen a little with more. a little water. I'm going to try just ridiculous. It's now, Topo now, Chico. Topo Chico is going to have some carbonation. You going to be okay with that? I'm going to see what happens when I put just a drip of it in there. Yeah, don't put too much, I, 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 just in case. You know, this is good rum. <laughs> <laughs> have you not been drinking these Topo Chico? Um, I have, mixers out there. Oh, I have not fantastic. tried the mixers. No, are they are they really good? Yeah, I, mean, I do love Topo I don't know Chico. If yeah, I don't know if it's a call a mixer, oh. but like a highball with topo. Is, yeah. So the one that I have had this is, becomes a gingerbread bomb. Yeah. Interesting. Like as soon as you add a touch of water, it it's opens like it up nice and gingerbread rum. It's 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 like if someone made gingerbread with rum. Hmm. I have had one uh, good, really good uh, drink with uh, topo chico in it. Um, it's called uh, I I got the recipe out of a, uh, a, a airline flight magazine. I think it was Southwest Airlines had this in the flight magazine. It's called the Gibbons, and it came from Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Nice. And uh, the Gibbons consists of um, basically Prudovita Vida uh, tequila, uh, Topo Chico, and a piece of a slice of jalapeno. Oh, jalapeno. Huh? And it's huh. really delicious and yeah. refreshing. You see and that a lot with lime, but yeah, no, yeah. I like that. Slice, jalapeno slice of jalapeno, yeah. And, and I think it says that you can, you know, you can basically add a little lime juice if you want or not. The jalapeno will give it the sort of edge uh, if you don't. But, uh, yeah, the Gibbons. It's, this uh, has to be an only Texas thing. I mean, you guys know Topo is Texas. Like, oh, yeah. Texas they, and Mexico. It's very big in yeah, Mexico well, as well. My brother yeah. can find it at certain places in Arizona. Yeah. But, but 75% of all U.S. sales are here Well, in and I will Texas say when people it. from other states come visit us in Texas, they have no idea yeah, one exactly, they're so right. crazy about And the twist of grapefruit one? Oh yeah, that's yeah, fantastic. Oh yeah, that is, that is <laughs> I've really had the lime one. I haven't had the, the yeah, twisted grapefruit. Is wonderful. Yeah, it's really wonderful. Well, I'm enjoying this rum very much. Yeah, I, uh, very this, much. This is. Uh, I will say it's. A, I, I'm not it, enjoying mine anymore. Okay, well then that 
that bottle there in front of you should should <laughs> help you to enjoy. I will it enjoy further. my next round of it. Yes, uh, I will say that uh, it's not the cheapest rum in the world. It's not not as expensive as the twenty year uh, or, or the twenty five year Florida Cognac that we had uh, here recently. Uh, but this is about a fifty dollar bottle. So for rum, that's not. So this yeah. is this is why you were concerned that I was pouring Topo Chico in it. Yes. <laughs> but that didn't mean it's a bad thing. It's just like, hey, this is good rum. Don't uh, don't take too many chances. No, um, I just I just thought it'd be interesting. I used the last little bit, but it really did turn it into like a, a gingerbread, like gingerbread rum bomb. Um, this also reminds me a bit. My mom used to make a, a mocha cake, that mm. or, or a rum mocha cake. That just sounds good. It sure does. Yeah. And it was a sloppy thing, like yeah. She, she cut a square in there, and when she put it on a plate, it just there was was some cake in there. Yeah, it was like all over the. My wife makes this chocolate cake that's called the Texas cake, and it is it'll just fall apart all over your plate, and it's the best cake you've ever eaten. You end up scooping it up more than absolutely. You eat it with a spoon. Yeah, it's awesome. Love it, and your finger at the end. (laughs) See. You know me. You know me well. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I really, I really like this a lot. Actually, I, I feel like this would be, uh, it's, it's just that, it's just kind of what you would want for a rum in that price range to be. It is better than the thirty dollar bottles of rum, but you didn't have to pay, you know, one hundred and fifty for it. It's to, interesting to too that, because you know? the flavor profile. The more I drink it, and I get a lot of that mineral water in there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, but the more I drink it, the more I kind of get out of it. So it's like the flavor keeps. Revealing itself as you drink more and more. Speaking of rums, by the way, I'd like to give a huge shout out and thank you to uh, Samuel Fitch from um, Florida Kanye Rum. Uh, uh-huh. th- he was on the show about uh, awesome. five, six episodes ago, and uh, he sent each of us, Ian, Adam, the producer, and myself, sent each of us a commemorative bottle of the 25 year Florida Kanye. With smoking and toasting engraved on the bottle, oh, it was beautiful. such a wonderful gift, and the rum is so freaking fantastic that it's just like uh, I I want to like not drink it, but I want to drink it. It's that, well, I already it, it, opened mine. If you remember last week, yes. our guest was we talked about it, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Oh, I'd like to try that." I was At, like, "Well, right. it, well, the right the bottles the had show. come in, so I brought the ones. They came. They sent them to my house. I brought the ones for you." And Adam, and so after the show was over, yeah. I got a question though. Why was mine only half full? Um, well, they they told me that some contents may settle during <laughs> shipping. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't explain why yours was open though. <laughs> I, I, I I have no explanation for must that. Have, must have been when they were inspecting it at yeah. customs. Yep. Well, yeah. I did some inspection when they arrived at my house. That you know, could, that could have been. So. But it was absolutely delicious. We well, had a, this is this is great. Um, all right, so we're going to take another break. Uh, we're going to come back and we're going to taste. Um, we haven't talked a lot about this uh, yet on the show, uh, but you guys got involved in the whole. Um, Black Lives Matter uh, a brewing movement, yeah. And uh, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Why, uh, you know, why that was something that was important to you guys. How it went, and Ian and I have not been fortunate enough to taste the beer yet. Great. And I understand you brought some. Yes, so, sir. Uh, so we'll uh, be getting to that in our final segment. Plus, uh, I do want to uh, talk a little bit also about the beers, the beer that you guys did. That was uh, the collaborative beer that uh, we we've tried some on the show, but not yours. And uh, that was the one where a lot of the proceeds went to help out 
bar and restaurant workers yes. who were displaced during the COVID. Uh, uh, the, is it all together? Am all I saying? together, Clyde. Yeah, the, yep. all, all together. So I uh, want to talk a little bit about that when we come back and do some tasting of your Black is Beautiful uh, line. Uh, it's Urban South in the house at Smoking and Toasting. Uh, it's show number 197, and we will be right back. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. This is the uh, radio program and podcast that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com, a great new website with cool uh, cool T-shirts for cigar lovers. Uh, they got them in all kinds of sizes, and they are... Uh, they're, they're cool. They're snarky. They're wonderful. I think you'll enjoy them. So check them out. Go shopping at MyCigarShirts.com. I guess I'll be checking them out after I the hope, show I today. hope you will. I think you'll dig them. I think you'll dig them. Um, so before we get into our final segment, and we are so uh, thrilled to have Dave Omer here from uh, Urban South Brewing, I want to talk a little bit about what you guys' philosophy has been for Urban South HTX and uh, about some of the projects that you've been involved in. Um, but before we go there, I, I we we did a segment like this on last week's show, and I'd like to do uh, another one because I feel like it was helpful. It's kind of a public service, uh, I suppose, for uh, for the world from smoking and toasting. And if you remember last week, I showed you some uh, some mask wearing tips during COVID and how that wearing your mask like this isn't isn't actually helping when you're in the grocery store. Mm-hmm. Now I'd like to show you. I'd like to recreate for you something that I witnessed this week. I actually saw this happen, and it made me realize that we need to continue with mask education. So let me show you what I, what, what happened. I have to take my headphones off to demonstrate this. Um, I was in a grocery store. Okay. And there was a, uh, a young girl in there shopping with her parents, had her mask on just like this. And then as I watched, fortunately I wasn't close to her, but as I watched, she did this. Uh, uh, that's you! Okay, people. That's what the mask <laughs> is for. When you when you are, are wearing a mask, you're it does provide some protection. I, I totally thought you were gonna cut a hole in it. Yeah, yeah. well, because it makes it easier have, to breathe. Yeah, there's been some because people I've that have seen done this. that too. Yeah, yeah. I've seen there's this. Some people yeah. that have done that too. There was actually a thing on uh Facebook, and I don't know if it was a joke or not, but it was a mask that had like a kind of a little folded thing in front of it. Yeah, kind of like the front of men's underwear, so you could drink out of a straw. Ah, oh well, see that didn't make any sense to me either. Yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. Maybe they're saying if you're out someplace and you're going to drink, it makes more sense than taking the mask off. I have witnessed a knit mask. Oh, a knit like a like, like a crochet. like a sweater like crochet. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. not going to help you a whole lot either. So, <laughs> so we'll continue with these Some mask etiquette updates. The point. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We'll continue with these mask etiquette updates as uh, uh you know, as circumstances uh, dictate. So, uh, anyway, but yeah. Yeah, no. The the whole point of the mask is to catch the, the mask honestly is more about being kind and respectful to yep. others mm-hmm. yep. than it is about. It does offer some protection for you when you're wearing one, but primarily, it's about. So if you sneeze or cough or expel anything, you might be, you know, asymptomatic, and 
you know, be in a situation where you would spread something and not even know it. And so the mask is designed mostly to help other people. So be kind, please. It's yep. not that big of an imposition. It's yeah. just a mask, people. It's just a mask. And it does go over your nose. Yeah, absolutely. And your mouth simultaneously. Yes. Absolutely. So <laughs> so it's been a crazy time in the United States. The mm-hmm. COVID uh, epidemic has changed lifestyles everywhere. And then shortly after this began to really impact people, um, the death of George Floyd uh, ha- sparked a number of um, protests and marches. I live in downtown Houston, right by Discovery Green. So I saw wow. the huge crowd that came out for one of the big marches. I couldn't believe that many people were there. And I will tell you that what I saw was all quite peaceful. Yeah. I know there have been some situations that maybe have, you know, where one group or another has not behaved the way that they should. But what I saw was quite peaceful. In fact, in some of the um, some of the footage that I that I saw on the news about it, you even saw um, I, I don't remember whether it was the chief of police or whether it was the the deputy. There was a high ranking law enforcement official official who was like down in the middle of it, connecting with people, hugging them, standing with them. It was one of the coolest connections, which I I thought was such a positive in this time when there's been such mm-hmm. friction between law enforcement and. The protesters, it was such a positive that he was down there in the middle of it saying, hey, look, I'm standing with you guys. You know, and uh, anyway, I thought it was very cool. In the brewing world, it's something where a number of brewers around the country have gotten involved in releasing a beer uh, that is part of the Black is Beautiful Beer Initiative. Uh, And this is something you're making available. And I want to make sure I state this correctly. Do proceeds from this go to local Black Lives Matter organizations? Is that the way that it yeah, works? You get to choose. They did. They okay. left it up to to you to choose which, but, you know, suggested it go to, you know, something in that sort of world. Right. You know, to help, you know, push the cause. Okay. Um, ours for this one will go to Black Lives Matter Houston. Okay. Um, we all, you know, there's also, all in, you know, NAACP, that great one. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of other groups, you know, even... Even just other ones that are helping, you know, youth, you know, underprivileged youth or underserved youth has been, a, you know, I think a great cause that I've seen some breweries contribute to. Absolutely. So. so how did you guys get involved in doing this? Is it something, do you sign up for it? Sign, do they yeah. contact you? How does it work? So Weathered Souls is the is the brewery that sort of started this initiative. Kind of kicked and the it, whole thing off. Yeah, right? and Marcus is a um, person of color who, you know, it's, it's one of the very few Black owned breweries and Weathered in Souls the, is in San Antonio. San Antonio, right? yeah. yeah. And and I've and I've known Marcus and now and as soon as we saw it, um, we were we were on it. We were, we jumped in in the first one hundred to to get in on this thing because we just you know we were looking for something, some way to contribute and help and not be disingenuous. And um, as soon as you see this, and as soon as you get a chance to join in with Marcus, who's producing great beers and particularly great stouts. Um, in San Antonio, you know, and and a guy I've known now, um, we were we were just it didn't even didn't even hesitate. Like I, we saw that's it, that's great. And a couple of the other employees at the brewery said, "Hey, Dave, did you see this?" I was like, "Already signed up for it." <laughs> that's great. We're, we're going. Do you have a sense for how many breweries around the country we are, are involved in this? Last I saw, which was just like last week, we were at a thousand and fifty. That is so cool. Wow. I mean, the number's still like been going up, which We've, which is cool because they're going to keep coming out. So if they're, you're just signing up for it now. 
your beer's not coming out for a month. So we, right, and we've They're, shared some stories about uh, different breweries in Philadelphia and other places that you yeah. know sold out almost immediately. Oh, yeah. and that same thing kind of happened to you guys, didn't? Yeah, it? yeah. Our batch didn't even last eighteen hours. Um, wow, wow. Great. gone. So do will is this something you'll continue to go so, back to and do new batches of? We or? have we have a second batch in the tank now. I mean, this fight isn't over. Right. Um. You know, there's there are challenges within that too. You don't want to be like really late to the game and and you know and have this beer sitting around um you want to be in it when this is hot right now and everybody's like behind it right um and that's you know to sort of to really promote this kind of story but as breweries are continuing to sign up for this this is going to extend the window of this kind of thing yeah. you know to where yeah. well one thing to remember too is with a lot of these causes whether it's a disaster or uh, a disaster like this you know you have the 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 rise of everybody being very aware of it at the beginning of mm-hmm. it, and then as yep. it as it keeps going, it trails off, it trails off to where six months down the road, a large contingency of people aren't thinking about it anymore. But the yeah. problem still exists. Yep. Yeah, you absolutely and, right. And <clears throat> it's important to have follow through and keep those those uh, movements going. Yeah, exactly. And, Dave, and that's what our title for the second one is: is fight's not over. You know, right? I mean, that this makes is, total sense. Yeah. Have you run into any? Um, pushback any criticism because you're not a black owned brewery and you're uh getting involved in this cause uh, pushback from from either side yeah, of, the, of yeah. the debate um you know we, here in houston you know i think houston probably you know especially as a person not who didn't grow up here um probably has a different rep than represent you know um representation uh, sorry um than what you are when you're living in it you know so within houston We've had next to zero pushback in any sort of way. Um, it's only been all support, which has been great. But I've heard that from a lot of other breweries and a lot of other parts of the country, you know, that have had some people that have either said, you know. Accusing you of jumping on a bandwagon. Exactly. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. And or, you know, or even other pushback to where it's just we're not supporting you anymore. You know, it's right. all kinds of. And that was a big reason for us to get in on this one as a, you know, predominantly white and you know um it basically across the industry and at our brewery it, it was tough for us to sort of think of a way to get involved in black lives matter and have it be authentic yeah right? exactly yeah. yeah and so for us to join in with the rest of the breweries around the country which automatically makes that voice and that message that much louder mm-hmm. and to do something that we already do and that we feel we're good at and we're passionate about like to use our craft in a good way I, you know, I think that's the best way we can do it. And then, obviously, the proceeds. You know, for us, it was anything that, that didn't cost us, which we had a lot of great companies donate materials for this that's beer. That's awesome, yeah. Um, anything beyond that, with that, you know, we covered our our initial cost in it, and then every single other bit of the proceeds are going to Black Lives Matter Houston. That's so, awesome. That's I mean, awesome. I, I think that's the most genuous way we felt we could contribute to this movement i i think it's I, I think it's important i think that in the way that i come at it and of course you know i don't uh, speak yeah why don't we pour yes i don't have the i don't have the perspective of being african-american yeah. and understanding what it would be like to live in that world as these things are happening but i will say that from my perspective what I think is almost the most awesome is when you see individuals or companies 
that are not African-American who are saying, hey, we're going to stand with you on this and we're going to be a part of the, the supporting group. I think it's in many ways it's almost more remarkable because this is this is not your fight. It's someone else's fight. And you're saying you recognize it as important enough that you're throwing your weight behind but it. But right is right. Yeah. Right is right. You're absolutely you know? yep. correct. You're and, absolutely and correct. That's exactly right. I mean, that's we know what right is right. And so then how do we do it genuinely? So yeah. the can that you brought us here is from the first, first. Uh, yeah. uh, bit of can it here. So, can. yeah, let's pass that over. This is an imperial stout. So, yes, it's an 11.2% imperial stout. It says 10% on the can, but that's because, once again, we labels got done, which were donated by um, Blue Label um, Printing. That's, that's awesome. It's a beautiful um, label, too, by the yeah. way. Yeah, now, that is, was all done uh, with Marcus. By That is the, like, we did not alter it in, any, in next to any way from what, Weathered mm. Souls put out there, except besides putting our logo on it. Um, and then as we brewed the beer, like like I said, Marcus and Weathered Souls and San, out of San Antonio, they just do amazing stouts. So for us to be able to like have that window into what they do and their mm -hmm. recipe, we kept the base recipe pretty much straight up. Well, yeah, that's what I was going like, to ask. I like did how did the, you go by their recipe? Did you alter it in a way to make it your own? What was what was the appropriate thing to do? Yeah, and so and and w within craft beer, you know, you're not going to suppress creativity. So obviously, on the announcement to all of us breweries, along with the other club we'll talk about soon, you know, they did not suppress any kind of creativity. So what our approach was: let's do the base beer that Marcus would sort of want, and it gave us a great insight into what they do and their great stouts out of weathered souls um and then we sort of did our twist on it and that was where we came in with other adjuncts and ours was vanilla beans and lots of vanilla beans well, our I favorite stout the vanilla. i love the vanilla, vanilla in this did you yeah. try this yet? yes i just did it it's is wonderful vanilla and the lactose in there really makes it smooth too cool. yeah yeah it really I, I like how you uh i like how you did the mm -hmm. label here it says urban South HTX Urban South Brewery on the bottom corner there, produced and canned by Urban South, and then on the back side, Weather Souls Brewing Company brewed to support justice and equality for people of color, hosted by Weathered Souls. I think that's really classy. Yeah, really nicely done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we wanted to keep yeah. you know we wanted to keep the message simple and get their point across. You know, I mean, I don't want to you know get in get in the way of what Marcus and what he's doing for the nation for for. Texas for his brewery. I don't want to. Get, I didn't want to get in the way of that at all. So our only thing was let's just get our logo on it. Get what legally for the state of Texas we have to have on there, and then mm -hmm. sort of step back it, from it. Yeah, it, it's it's one of those things where you, you know, it, you misstep if you say too much. Yeah. Uh, so letting the sort of original message shine through is probably the that best. Was Can the you best imagine a caramello? Remember the caramello yes. bars with dark chocolate. Mm. Made I'm, with dark chocolate instead I'm of like a milky chocolate or something. I'm imagining that's, that right now. That's what this. I mean, cool. this is. And this so also good. has um, Ethiopian and Kenyan blend coffee beans. Well, you can say the taste coffee, some really great yeah. coffee flavors in here. Yes. The coffee on the aftertaste is so nice. And that that was um, the coffee was donated uh, by the roastery here in in Houston, nice. which are located in some of the HEBs around, including uh -huh. the one by us. Um, the new at Studemont, Washington, that HB has a roastery in it, and there's also one at the San Felipe yep. HEB. I didn't even know that one was there until uh, about a month ago. I drove by it, and I was like, it's, hey. Yeah, it's, it's a nice little I was just saying, It's giant, So I too. walk yeah. in. I was like, well, I might as well shop here. i got to shop on the way home. Yeah. So I walk in, and I'm standing at the meat counter. 
And a friend of mine's working behind. He's like, mm-hmm. hey, man, what's up? I was like, oh. Cool. What's up with you? It's a nice spot. I wish. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, really nice again, in there. You know, give, uh, give me a good cut of uh, a brisket. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so this, how will or will there be any difference uh, in the next batch of this? The one that you said's in the tanks now. Next batch is um, same base beer. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not messing with that. It, he just knocked it out of the park there, and it comes through well on our system. Um, the, but the next adjuncts will be coconut um, and. Chocolate cookies, oh, and vanilla beans. Vanilla oh. beans, you just assume I'm, if we I'm make a stout, yeah, if we make a stout that's got vanilla beans in it. It's just like our salt do you, for cooking. Do you have a release date for the next batch? We're probably looking at about two weeks out. I'm hoping to narrow that down. We are very reluctant to announce release dates because we let the beer let tell the beer us. decide. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So let me ask you a question. I know that people will be able to order this on your website. Yeah. Um, and, Shopify or Square, but you can find it Shopify through our website. Okay, your website will direct you to the Shopify store. Yep, exactly. Where you can buy the beer, yeah. and I, I'm assuming that your your uh, other beers that we've sampled today, all the same, yeah. Whatever the current iteration of that is, you'll be able to find that on there as well. Yep. Are there restrictions that make people in certain states unavailable to buy this? And yes, unfortunately, shipped? we are yeah. not allowed to ship. Um, we. You know, across state lines creates a whole nother mm-hmm. dilemma. You have to have a federal approval then. Mm-hmm. Um, but even within Texas, the governor has not allowed us, even during this pandemic, has not allowed us to. And we have lobbied and lobbied and lobbied to try to at least get shipping within Texas. And we are not legally what? allowed to do it. So what areas can so you ship to? Local, huh? We are not allowed to ship anywhere. Really? As a, at, Texas does not allow it. Now, many other states, like if you're in Ohio, you can ship anywhere in, around Ohio you want. So Other breweries ship into Ohio because of their less restrictive right, laws. Right, right. Um, but Texas and Governor Abbott has not this allowed it whatsoever. This is one of those things that makes no sense to me. Zero. What, who is benefiting in any way by because those distributors the problem we is about you cut out the distributor. And when yeah. you cut out the distributor, the distributor gets mad, and the distributor's got big arms. Yep. they got Maybe. big arms, and they got big lobbyists mm-hmm. is what they got. Yeah. Uh, so tell me this, uh, then, when I go on your website, what happens if I order some of this? Do you it is amail- available as long as we're open. It's available for pickup immediately. So I order it. You hold it for me yeah, until I get there. We'll hold I, it for seven days. I was say, we, for a reasonable time. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're even very you know, loose on that. You... Send us an email or call us and say, hey, I won't be able to get there for 10 days, two weeks. You know, we'll hold it, you know, as long as we know. After seven days, we'll usually shoot you an email and say, hey, are you planning on picking this up? If not, right. no problem. Not, we'll, we'll let somebody else buy it. Yeah, yeah, we'll refund your shipment and we'll <clears throat> sell it to somebody else. And, you know, we try to keep it as simple and, it. yeah, as nice and easy for anybody to come get it as possible. Well, any uh, any of you who are watching or listening to the show that are in the Houston area, this is a brewery that deserves your support. I love <clears throat> how you guys have approached your whole philosophy, which is basically saying, hey, let's go small batch. Let's do new stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. This is really where I think the craft industry finds itself. Yeah. Is is not so much that, that um, customers, drinkers are looking for someone to develop their next favorite IPA that they're going to drink forever every day they're right they're interested in what you're developing now and what you're going to develop tomorrow yeah and how that's going to be i'm i may not be able to pick up the same sour that i love today from you the next time i come by the brewery but we'll have a sour for you but you're going to have something else that i might really really be interested in so i I think that's i have a question Um, a lot of breweries start off with 
a basic core line, you know, like mm-hmm. I've got to have an IPA, I've got to have a stout, I've got to have a porter, I've got to have three more IPAs because that's what most everybody yeah. does now. Yeah. And that's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's an annoying thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is your core line? None, um, huh? Did, uh, we try to hit. We try to just hit like you're saying. We try to have try to a hit more one well-rounded of sort of categories and hit the um, categories. Yeah. And try to have some dark on. But again, you're not. Water. You're not saying this is the beer we brew every time. Never. Not at all. None of that is happening. Not, but if I come, even, but if I come by today, likely you've got uh, several sours because you've got the line. I don't know. You you don't know. <laughs> I really. I, I, I just we don't want to paint ourselves into any corner. I, okay. Anyway, I, I, I love this approach because like uh, there's a couple places in town that make amazing salsa, and when you show up, you never know exactly what the salsa is. It might be really hot today, right? Or it might be more mild. It might be more garlicky. Or the peppers we're getting in, but it's you know? always good. Yeah, and yeah. that's what I love about this is it's always a little bit different. It's always a little bit exciting, it's, and it's I as, love that idea. It's as close as you can get to that just. Awesome homemade. Like uh, my my buddy Rowdy Yates, the the country radio mm-hmm. guy, um, he makes salsa from times to time mm-hmm. to time, and he always sets me aside a jar. I've told him I will pay. I'll buy it by the case because it's so good. He's like, ah, you know, it's different every time. I don't want to get into that. I'll just make you a jar whenever I make the next batch. And it's the most exciting thing when he says, "Hey, I got a jar of salsa for you." And in a way, this is kind of like that. It's like. If we trust you, which we've sampled that, enough to know that we can, right? Yeah. Uh, if we trust you, we know you're going to be developing something that we're going to be interested in trying yeah. and may like fall in love all over again. So just a quick shout-out. I have a buddy of mine that makes salsa. He makes Esteban salsa. His name is Matt. And uh, and I've had a few cans of it. But one of the things he just did recently is he put a thing up on um, Facebook and said, Hey, give me some ideas on what my next kind of salsa is going to be. And by the end of it, he did a peach salsa. Oh, cool. I can't wait to see it. Peach salsa is yeah. you know? delicious. Yeah. Esteban salsa, look it up. It's pretty. It's pretty I, awesome. I will be. I, I'm a I'm a salsa. Me too. Nut. Yeah. I love he made it. one that had uh, tea tea leaf in it, except for and warm it was salsa. So except good. For warm no, no, salsa. except for warm salsa. Yeah. I don't understand I, this Texas. I like salsa juice. cold. Yeah, I don't understand yeah. this. Warm I don't know why. Salsa. Just for me, I don't. I don't get it. My favorite salsa. Houston, honestly, why are we doing this? Yeah, my favorite salsa though it t- has a tendency to be. The salsa that was made today, yeah, like that. I like yeah. fresh. The yeah. the freshness is just. I don't like cooked salsa. Yeah, yeah. I I'm, like I'm not as big salsa. into that. Although I'll try anything. Yeah, of but, course. Uh, but yeah, the the person who figures out how to make that fresh taste stay in the can or the yeah, jar, it's yeah. tough is to gonna do. Be a millionaire. Well, yeah. the last time I saw Matt and uh, I was looking over at salsas, he had one that had tea leaf in it, and Very I was cool. like, "That's unusual." Yeah. And I tried it, and I brought home a jar of, it, and it's kind of a green. Uh, yeah. sauce, and it was so good. I mean, that jar love went like that. that. Yeah, love that. Amazing. Yeah, love that. That's cool. Well, uh, Dave, before you go, I want to ask you about the other mm. collaboration okay, that you guys great. were involved in, which is the uh, the All Together uh, beer. Yeah. This is one that um, – where, where did this one actually this start? This one was spearheaded by Other Half Brewing other out half, of that's um, right. yep. Brooklyn, New York. Mm-hmm. Yep, and Other Half is uh, – Another very well-respected brewery. Very much, yeah. Uh, and this one uh, was an IPA, This correct? was an IPA. This yep. was, once again, sort of a similar thing. Um, they put out a sort of, you know, base recipe, a suggestion, you know. Mm-hmm. And we, we stuck pretty close to it. You know, no brewery's ever going to be able to make the exact same beer right. on completely opposite systems and stuff like that. So uh, Unless they're making Budweiser, where they have contests from the... Uh, 
Budweiser uh, master brewers in all of their different yeah. breweries around the world. They don't have that, that kind of. To see who yeah. can make. Have you have you seen it? It's called King of Beer. Yeah. It's a it's a documentary or Beer Kings. I think is who the actual name of it. The exact who same make, thing, better than everyone else. I made yeah. the most Budweisery Budweiser yet. <laughs> uh, but but you know, never mind trying to make the best beer. Yeah. Just the most dilly Budweiser. dilly. Dilly dilly. And then I'll tell you um, what. That's an impressive feat. Within itself, trust me. The, it, it these really guys is. were very proud of themselves. Yeah. I mean, they took it very seriously. Um, but when other half puts out a nice IPA recipe, just like whether it's old Banal Stout recipe, you just say, "Yep, I'll do that." Yeah. And okay. then, yeah, yeah. And then you know, there's some slight tweaks by us. You know, you do what you got on hand. You know, we might not have the exact same hops that they have or something like that. So we are allowed to do some to put your own on spin it. on it yeah. to a certain degree. Well, we enjoyed um, one. It was from a brewery in uh, Wisconsin, if I recall. Mm-hmm. And uh, we thought it was terrific, actually. Right. Uh, it was really delicious. But I haven't had a chance to try yours, which leads me to my next question. Will you be doing more? Yeah, so we, um, and, you know, I guess uh, to celebrate the second wave of the coronavirus. Yeah. <laughs> we decided to do a, a second um, uh, a batch of this, you know. I mean, this. Once again, the fight's not over. I mean, right. these, you know, a lot you're of totally these, right. Yeah, these, especially in Texas, who is probably, you know, didn't get hit as bad at, up front, but it's definitely hit, feeling the second wave here. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of our breweries are, and a lot of our restaurants are feeling that. Um, so it was, we're, you know, once again, we're not done. So let's let's do another batch of it, and you know, it's same, one hundred percent of the proceeds. You know, that one hundred percent of the profits all go to. F- for us, we're supporting um, Smoking uh, Southern Smoke, which is a group led by Chris Shepard, um, and they do nothing but support the hospitality um, that's industry here, that's in, here in Houston. It's, I yeah. mean, if that's how you make your living, you have not been able to work for yeah. months now. Yep, it's tough. Musician, right here. Musician, yeah, yeah, it's exactly. Just, and there you are, know what? There are some when great bartenders aren't working. You're not working. Yeah. Guess what musicians are doing? Yeah. They're not They're working. Not working. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and there's there are some organizations that are working uh, to help musician relief too, and and that's another area where it's terribly needed. You know, when you think about bartenders, waiters, waitresses, musicians, you don't think of them as necessarily being what we might call essential to our lives. Their paychecks but are essential. Me, but let me well, and let me tell you, they are essential to our lives. I mean, I don't want to think about a life. Uh, yeah, go a day without music. Yeah, yeah, where you go a day without music. Seriously, I don't. Yeah. Go a day, but, try it. Yeah, it's... And it, you're going to have to put it, earplugs in because even if you just go to the grocery store, there's music. Right. Yep. It's everywhere. Absolutely. Yep. You've got to... So these are... And, and bartenders, waitresses, uh, hospitality workers of all kinds. I mean, I, I just feel this so much because it's an area where, you know... I. I, I never actually worked as a waiter, but I did work as a DJ. And bartenders and waiters and waitresses mm-hmm. were my entire social group for a number of oh, years. Yeah. Yeah. And I just know how how they lived from night to night based on you know what the gratuities were, yeah. what they were able to make. It's 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 a uh, and these were all just such wonderful people. So it's you know it's a it's a it's a group I feel a lot of solidarity with and and musicians of of course I feel you, brother. I would like to uh, also offer you a little bit of uh, recognition for being I think only the second brewery ever that has come on this show and didn't bring an IPA. Yeah. Hey, I was bummed about that. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think that's awesome. This is, I'm not against tell, IPAs. I'm just we, we love tired them. Of them. I, you know, as, was, as you can tell, this is a little bit of a push pull between yeah, me and, and myself. Like it, yeah. So, yeah, but, but, uh, I, but, I, but okay. I'd figured most had. 
Yeah. Know, yeah. Oh, so. But I will say. All but and, one and, other. And you, no one's brought this beer here. No, 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 no one. No one. Like that. <laughs> no one. And n- not only that, but you didn't bring any beers that caused me to need to go fetch a toothpick from the kitchen out there. So, oh, <laughs> so I appreciate that. Sorry. I appreciate that I was well. thinking. I was thinking the Black and the Beautiful might need that. That's oh, pretty, no. No, that, that's that's pretty is, thick. That is a wonderful. I mean, you know, my only complaint about that beer is that it would be awesome if that were available all the time. Yeah. That's just That's just one of those beers that's that good. It really is. Bruce, Bruce put up, I'm a part-time bartender once a week on Mondays at my Elks Lodge. <laughs> now Monday nights I work from home and I'm the only customer. <laughs> and strangely enough. Don't forget the tip. And he's making the same he's amount of tips. He's making the same amount of tips, exactly. <laughs> uh, uh, man, uh, Dave, this has been a lot of fun for us. You're, thank you you're for not bringing, kidding. Yeah, it's been great. Thank you for bringing such great beers. We appreciate it. Uh, I, I want to give a, a little shout to uh, – the Frigate Reserve uh, 15-Year Rum. That's yeah, fantastic. I'm good. loving that. That is, uh, that is really, really good stuff. I want to say thanks to uh, everybody who helps to make the uh, program happen, uh, to Mary who puts the bookings together, to Adam, our producer on the Wheels of Steel. Thank you guys so much for getting us to 197 episodes. Uh, next week, Liliana Rodriguez will join us. We will be talking all things tequila, and yes. believe me, she knows her tequila. Dave, if you want to come back and just like hang out and after try like a few four samples, shots, I'm a tequila expert too. Okay, okay perfect, perfect. <laughs> we, we'd uh, uh, we'd love to have you. You have an, you have an open invitation. Uh, and then um, for show number one ninety nine. Trey Boring, our uh, legal expert, will be joining us. And then for show number two hundred, Ian, we're going to do it very low key since we can't celebrate the. Uh, uh, the centennial, the bicentennial, the way we would want to. It'll just be you and me. We'll talk about some of our favorite things we've uh, been able to do over the first couple hundred episodes of the show, and we'll taste some really good stuff. That sounds and, fun, and uh, we'll just have to save our show two hundred festivities, our bicentennial festivities, until everything opens trust me, up again. Yeah, trust me. When we can do them, we'll do them, and maybe we just invite everybody—not just people who have been on the show, but everybody. We'll just make yeah. it a, a free. Did fall. I mention, by the way, I saw a great COVID meme. No. It said, back in my day, we used to cough to cover a fart. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful week. I think I still have a little bit of the Pilsner left, so I'll use that to toast us out. you have anything left, Ian? I'm about to. Oh, well, if you're going to pour rum, you better pour me some, then we'll uh, we'll go that direction. Now see what I done did? Uh, Dave uh, Omer from uh, Urban South HTX. Thank you for making such awesome beer, and Thanks thank for you for me. thank you for bringing it uh, for us. Does Dave have anything to toast with on our way out? Oh, I think you better Uh-oh. pour him some rum too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's the way it's going to be. Uh, <laughs> Nobody's sad about drinking more rum. I uh, see. Not not when it's this good. Uh, Urban South HTX, check it out if you're in the New Orleans area. Uh, check out the original Urban South Brewery. Have a great week, my friends. We'll see you for number one ninety eight next week. And uh, cheers. 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 Yeah.